93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest has so much going on, man. Not only is she one of the stars of a hilarious television show, one that we absolutely love, and it's you know takes place right in our backyard, uh, but also she has got one hell of a voice on her. I'm going to play a little bit of the music yeah. first and foremost, and then we are going to welcome her uh, to the program, but here a little bit. Mama done raised me right. She told me how to be polite. Yes, sir. sing on the Goldbergs before and fantastic voice but I'm, I'm loving this please welcome to our studio Haley Orantia yeah. thank you so much morning Haley Hi. Hey, so yeah we've you know we've seen you uh, do some singing on, on the Goldbergs but bit. this is you doing the real thing and you write this music as well don't you I do it's really funny because now that I've been going on this tour I've had a lot of people for, who are fans of the show come out and they're like I thought you were going to be doing a lot of 80s covers <laughs> <laughs> you know what I can do other things well mm-hmm. I was surprised to read because I thought oh this is kind of cool I guess uh, this this you know when the show first came on I guess this actor, actress has some aspirations of singing mm-hmm. and then only to do research on you and, and Singing was it. Music was your deal. And and acting has seemed to have sort of been a, a conduit towards getting your music out because you go back what you you were you were singing since you were a little kid. Mm-hmm. I think composing songs when you were twelve, thirteen, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean I wouldn't necessarily say they were radio hits by any means. But still but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so and, and then you you've you've come up through as I was doing research, you worked with the people, uh, you were backup singer for Demi Lovato. Well, in some ways. Yeah, in some ways. I, I uh, did I recorded a lot of like Disney Channel type um soundtrack like background vocals. So there was like a Camp Rock two. Right. So you um, but that's that's yeah. This a lot of. I'll count it. It all counts. Yeah, yeah. it's all I legit. That's resume worthy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of and, uh, the Hannah Montana yes, uh, movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I mean, that's all legit. A lot of lest we forget that uh, you know uh, Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. They all came out of the Disney uh, stables, do. you know, years ago. So that's that's very cool. Now yeah. I, I only know this song that we played here, uh, which is "Strong, Sweet, and Southern." It's the the title track to the uh, to the tour. Yeah. Uh, is that your forte? This this kind of pop country-ish, uh, folky feel? or Yeah. Or? I mean, when I started out growing up in Texas, there's always that little bit of country that you run into no matter where you are in Texas. But mm-hmm. I grew up listening to a lot of, like, Luther Vandross and Brian McKnight and Celine Dion, like a random array of very big, soulful voices. Yeah. Um, and so I had originally sung music like that, and it wasn't until I had met with record labels when I was 15 that they said, you know, we'd love for you to have a platform like a television show and um, that way, it was like the Hannah Montana thing was happening. So it was like you get a TV show, you get a record deal. It's a kind right. of a deal. Um, and so somewhere between that whole process of acting and auditions and stuff, four years later, I've really found country pop to be something that just came very naturally to me. Um, and I add my little bit of soul into that. But whenever I write a song, it comes out very country. So I can't really deny it too much. Well, it, okay. it seems that that um, so so the acting they basically gave you the advice that if you could get a show and 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 learn to act, and you started to take uh, what was it was high school where musical theater kind of. It's crazy because in my town of Louisville, Texas, um, Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato are from that area of Dallas, and they went to this 
like random acting school in the town. It's a Catherine Sullivan's film for or acting for film, and um, I started taking a couple classes there because I was like, okay, this label wants me to go get like a Disney Channel esque kind of TV show. <laughs> right. What better place to do it? So I just started taking classes. I really did not understand it at first. I hated it. It just did not make sense to me. But Which, I kept going on auditions. So. It's, it's shocking because you the thing and we're massive fans of the Goldbergs and it have been all all along. Uh, obviously, there as Preston said, it's in our backyard, but it's hilarious and it's it's yeah. so well written and the, and the the staff we've had you know producers in and Adam as as well and uh, and uh, but it's sharp comedy and a lot of it requires a lot of comedic adroitness if that's a word and you have it and you're also um, you're not afraid to just you know throw it all in there for the comedy so you you take naturally to it. Was that always from the beginning, or did you have to really hunker down and study? It, it seems like you couldn't have developed that ability that quickly. Well, I would say it was the natural part might be coming from the fact that I'm an only child, so I really just <laughs> entertained at any okay. moment I could to get attention. So, right. uh, you know, I would say that that maybe had something to do with it. But their acting classes really helped me mostly with just... I think the teacher used to always say, just be okay with looking stupid. Because mm-hmm. I would always get so self-conscious about, you know, Wendy and Jeff can get up there and just improv. And if it doesn't work, they move on. And, like, the next thing they say is hilarious. Mm-hmm. But I, like, had so much pressure of, like, oh, my God, I have to be funny right now. And I couldn't get out of my head. So the acting class has definitely helped to prepare me for something yeah. like this show where... I- you know, I need to do that with my daughter because she's. I see these creative tendencies in her, and she likes to to perform to us. But the moment I'm like, you know, and she and she'll even you know uh, record them, and I'm like, can I show that to somebody? No, no, don't, yeah. don't, don't. I'm like, you got to be able to be a bit of an idiot and be a fool in front of other people and be okay with that in order to you know take well, that not next step, not yeah. be afraid to to fail. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you do, for example, your. When they go to the old video of you as a back as a uh, new kids fan, oh, or, yes. <laughs> and 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 you're, you got the braces and the glass and, and totally unflattering look, but you seem to be having a blast doing it. I that's, miss playing that character. We yeah. haven't had it in a couple seasons, and that to me is actually the most fun because now that I've found that rhythm of being comfortable in being just goofy on the show, it's really exciting for me to like put on these braces and the glasses and everything, and so I enjoy it now. When before I would run from it. Well, you you have a you mentioned like you have Jeff and the uh, Wendy McClendon uh, mm-hmm. Covey and 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 the the, the Troy Gentile and George Siegel and and uh, is it what's Sean's last name? Is it GM Brown? GM Brony, yeah. Oh, GM Brony. These are all, everyone is really really sharp, and so that's got to be a great atmosphere to uh, to you know explore your comedic side. And then with Adam and I assume everybody else, uh, it's a very nurturing thing. Um, what I really love is that you. You you're making references to pop culture that predate you, yeah. and yet you really you really come out as very enthusiastic about it. And one episode in particular struck home here. Preston is a massive Rush fan. Yep. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so cool when you guys did that. <laughs> I love doing that. Episode. Did you really? Because I we are, I had a family friend of ours who was obsessed with Rush, like uh-huh. had a tattooed on his leg, obsessed, <laughs> right? And I like was familiar with it, but I didn't. I couldn't name a single song until yeah. we were doing this episode. And me and AJ, who plays Lainey, um, and uh, the girl who plays Carla, we all kind of got together and we did this song. And I'm like, wait a minute, I think I like Rush. <laughs> we had such a good time on that episode. That's cool. And it, it, it came off good. There's been a number of different things from a little uh, uh, little shop of horrors and different uh, musically. You've gotten to do a lot of different things. Have you picked up besides Rush 
an interest in some of uh, uh, the other music that you've done uh, that you weren't familiar with before? Yeah, I'm trying to think of specific ones. I well, mean, the Hooters are everything. from Philadelphia, and so you guys, yes. and there, yeah. there was the uh, episode where there was the Hooters show, and they were actually in that episode, which was phenomenal, and as Steve has pointed out, it wasn't exactly a, a tight close-up on those guys. <laughs> right, they, um, they had some wigs, yeah. to remember them with their hair originally, but um, I actually loved that band, because yeah. they, they did get to play live in front of us for that scene, as well as, you know, doing a pre-recorded, but when they were playing, I was like, oh, my God, this band is awesome. Like, <laughs> That's cool. I totally get why they had them here. That's awesome. He gave us a couple CDs, and so now we're big Hooters fans. Like, you might get a kick out of the story, because I know you're going to be going around Jenkintown today. You're going to hit some some stops and see some of the, the sites of this, you know, this uh, uh, family, the member that you've been portraying that, that lives in that area. It's going to be kind of cool to see it. But we had Tim Meadows in the studio <laughs> last year, and he's been by here before, and he's a great guy. He's a lot of fun. And we were talking to him about the Goldbergs. And he was, uh, there was, the Phillies were playing and we said something along the lines of, I can't believe they haven't asked you to throw out the first pitch. I mean, we were like, you know, the Goldbergs is in Jenkintown. It's right here in Philadelphia. He didn't know <laughs> that, that the show took place in this area. He had no, he had no, no idea. idea. You know, Tim comes on when he needs to come on. He's not there all the time. But now that they're doing, I don't know if y'all know, they're doing a spinoff yeah. in the 90s. He yeah. better know now. Yeah, yeah. no, we, 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 we took him to task for that. It's going to be uh, him. It's Brian Kalen. And it's, uh, is her name AJ? Ma- yes, Emma Shaka. She plays yeah. Lainey Lewis on the show. And she's great as well. Incredible. And she's also, she's a, a musician. I guess her and her sister. Yes, she and her sister were on. On Disney Channel, I grew up watching them. Oh, that's wild! So, uh, have you? And I mean, you have your own thing, but have you ever? Con- have you ever done any duets with them? Or is that yes. st- yeah. well, I mean, on the show, and yeah. I've been dying to. I, we've been talking for years about doing like a like a Christmas song together or something. I don't know. We'll see. But they're about to go on tour as well, and I think Jeff Garland is opening for them in the <sighs> Los Angeles show. And I'm like, damn it, I should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very cool. Yeah, how uh, where, where does the uh, the X Factor fall in your trajectory? Because I know that was a, that was a big um, step up for you, correct? Yeah. So I, let's see, growing up in Dallas, I was 17, I believe, when I auditioned. And I really only auditioned because my mom would not shut up about it. it just, like, yeah, she was like, oh, Simon Cowell's doing another show. It's X Factor. It's coming to the U.S. You have to audition. This is and what I, he left American Idol to go do. Yes. Yeah. And he'd been doing it already for years in the U.K. Right. So they'd started bringing it over to the U.S. And so this was the first year I sent in a tape online just so my mom would stop talking about it. <laughs> and then as I went to go watch the uh, auditions in front of the judges in the Dallas um, American Airlines arena, I got a phone call from one of the producers saying, we want you to come to Seattle and audition in front of the judges. I'm like, okay, wait, this is really happening. Yeah, yeah, and it had to be a shock. It was. Yeah, yeah. And, and we went to Seattle and I auditioned and I went through a whole process. I want to say it was two or three phases of boot camp and everything and then they eliminated me as a solo artist and brought me back with uh, three other girls who I'd never met before in my entire life. Was this it? Paul Abdul was a was a judge as well, right? She was our judge for that. Your judge, yeah. okay. Alright, and so was she the one that was orchestrating your your stuff with this? Kind of. It was a combination of the, the show really, uh, there's so many positive and, positives and negatives, but they really push certain songs on you, but we were, the four of us yeah. were very like headstrong yeah. and so we fought back quite a bit um, and we went all the way to ninth place, but I don't necessarily know if that was a real voter thing or a planned thing. It's, but that's it, a whole other story. It's weird because you obviously at this point you you, you can tell by your voice. It's, you have a very good voice. You have a, a talent that was already there. And I'm wondering, even at that age, if you're thinking, oh, am, am I, is the perception that this is sort of like the fast track 
and I, it's going to rob me of the cred that you you know that you've developed at that point. Even at that point, you've done a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, what was so interesting was, um, you know, with this show, I would say the negative thing for me is the fact that I was seventeen on that show. Yeah. And there were kids that were as young as twelve on that show. Right. And the producers and everyone really convince you that after this, good luck. Like you're not going to do anything else. Really? Yeah. I mean, there, that's why there's a couple people that were on that show. One of which broke down crying on live television because they told her she was going to get a TV show and a record deal unless if she won. But if she didn't, then nothing was going to happen for her. Twelve, what? like you can't do that to twelve year olds. Like, no, and they so they massage that purposely to get that sort of reaction exactly. because that's the it's as much as the singing competition as it is a bizarre popularity contest. Yeah, exactly. And and so that's it, it's weird. But but for, you you got what you needed from it in the long run, correct? Yeah, I learned a lot. I met a lot of cool people, and uh, it's Did, funny because it didn't necessarily open any doors for Goldbergs. They had no idea that I sang, <laughs> and I was like, oh well, you could just Google X Factor and it comes up. But um, I kind of brought it up to them and said, if there's ever a chance I can sing in the credits of the show, yeah. one. Let me know. Like, that would be great. And one thing led to another, and now well, my character's... And then we get this, yeah. You come with your come on, you don't find fair, but that's okay. Just see if I care. Knock me down, it's all in vain. Is you playing guitar, too, or I know uh, your character okay. did. So Adam Goldberg <laughs> yeah. constantly demanded that I play guitar on the show, and I cannot play guitar. Oh, okay. No. I cannot play well, guitar. Do, I you fake it pretty... If you... Well, Did so you that's learn? the thing is they they were like, oh, we're going to hire a guy to teach you, right? Yeah. Not even kidding. He, when I went to the guy's apartment to learn that song, I was crying. I was uh-huh. like, I can't do it. <laughs> like bawling. And I went to Adam probably up until season three. I'm like, Adam, like I play piano. Yeah. So you could give me a piano. He goes, no, I think you look better with a guitar in your hand. I'm like, Argh. So finally <laughs> this year I've started learning how to play guitar. Okay. So well, it's very convincing. Years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, well, and Joan Jett, you, you're impressed by Joan Jett. I was reading in an interview that now um, yeah. you've kind of been inspired by her her music. Well, and there's so many different, I mean, artists that we've done on the show that I, I pull from and I'm inspired by. And so, I mean, it's definitely a challenge, but the show does a great job of cutting away from my hands so they don't know that I'm not. <laughs> I, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. Which, I thought you, you could play no problem. Which uh, song did your character sing that completely killed the party in the dorm? Uh, oh, Amazing Grace. Yeah, it was <laughs> like a raucous party. And then, yes. yeah. That was the first song I ever sang. <sighs> Nick. All right, Nick so, has yeah. a similar That's experience. Like Nick's life story. Yeah. Well, I was 21 and uh, drunk at a party in college, and, and um, <laughs> the, the, the guys were like playing Metallica and hardcore rock, and I was like, I really wanted to hear um, Bob Seger. Um, we've got tonight. We've got tonight, which is deathly slow. Why and would you do that? Because I like the girl. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And uh, it, it killed the mood and killed the party. And uh, I've, not, I've never lived it down. Well, so I can relate to that but character. It, but it's so funny how the writing on that show touches on. You, we've all had that moment multiple, so many times. Multiple. Watching, so, oh my God, I remember that guy, or I did that, or <laughs> yeah. you know, it really hits home. It's the writing's just it's phenomenal. It's great. I'm very glad to be working on it. And and looking at your your uh, your list of credits, I mean, that's really you you hadn't done a whole lot. You dove right into a hit television show in your career. I kind of have a funny story about that that not a lot of people know. And okay. I hope that I'm selling it correctly, um, but this was just what was relayed to me. So I had never worked on another show or really movie for that matter, anything like that, um, up until, you know, I had started auditioning. You did like a, a Sprite commercial, right? Was that it the was one? It was a Sprint commercial. Sprint, okay, yeah. yeah. In a, it was a movie theater. It was like telling you to turn your cell phone off. Okay. So that, to me, that doesn't that really it. count. Yeah, right? it's not a series. So I, I'm auditioning for the show. I apparently 
apparently was the first person that they saw for the role of Erica. And it came down to the screen test. So it was me and two other girls, both of which have have a huge resume. And I recognized the minute I walked in the room. Oh, boy. Okay. So I'm like, oh, God. Like, I'm up <laughs> against some people who know what they're doing. Right. And um, they, it was down to me and this one girl. And then... Apparently, they were like, oh, you know what? We really like Haley. She's funny, but we might go with this other girl because we just don't want to take a risk on this complete newbie, right? Yeah. Well, there's apparently some intern in the back of the screen test room who goes, whoa, wait, wait. I made a compilation video of Haley's, like, I used to make videos from my X Factor experience with right. my friends and edit them together of just us being goofy. She made a compilation video of all these things from my, my YouTube channel and was like, you have to watch this. And they're like, you know what? She's funny. I think we should go, we should go with her. So I got, I don't even know who the intern is who just out of the blue you've never and you've never been able to ascertain who it was no and i tried in the beginning and maybe i can still (laughs) try to find a way to track her down Mm, but got you the job that's that's right out of adam goldberg's life yeah Yeah. right there making all those videos (laughs) they probably appreciated that you did that That, now that i think about it that might be what it was but i just was making goofy videos and now i work on the best show ever so (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so cool the the uh the one of the episodes and I, i wanted to ask because since you do end up singing a lot there was a uh uh, an episode where Adam uh, puts together a uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark homage, yes. and you sing a song in it. Was oh. that composed for you? <laughs> that was. Okay. I don't write any of the original music on the show, and, right. but they're hilarious. And that song was Indiana Jones and for Your Body, <laughs> which is by far my favorite original song. That Indiana had. Jones and for Your Body. <laughs> it was hilarious. And again, to that, I mean, I, you know... I, Doing, I've done. I did stand up for years. I know the importance of selling a joke and selling the comedy and just going all in. And and you do. And it's it was it was great. And that was a particularly Thank funny you. scene. So Steve, yeah. who plays uh, Barry? Who's uh, the actor? Oh, uh, Troy, uh, Troy uh, Gentile is it? Yeah, Gentile is. Yeah. It's got to be hard to not laugh when he's doing <laughs> some of that stuff. And you're trying to act and compose and, and play your role, but some of his stuff is just it's ridiculously. He'll funny. hate me for saying this, but he's so much like Barry in life anyway. <laughs> really? Just like I just by the time he's saying his lines, I'm like, all right, well, that's uh-huh. just him. Well, you know what? It's funny you should say that because who's the producer that we had in uh, Lou, Lou Schneider? Schneider. Lou Schneider. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love so, Lou. And he was great. And he basically said that that he goes, and I think his exact words were, "Troy doesn't really understand." How good he is, yeah, he and, and that that he's he just they just give him the line to do it. But I have to say, for you, for an only child, you've nailed sibling rivalry. It's funny, Troy's an only child too. Really? So we like. Um, I think day one we were like, hey, we're going to be siblings, cool, and we're yeah. like, all right. And so now we fight like siblings in real life, and we like have this real relationship where we're like siblings. So it's easy with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Anybody else have musical talent on the cast? Uh, you... George Siegel plays banjo like a beast all, all the time. Way. He always has. He always on has. talk shows, he would always come out with a banjo. I think there's a video of him. Was it Johnny Curse? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, where he played banjo um, on the show, and it was it's incredible. He does it. Sometimes he'll bring it to set, and he'll do it. But well, admit that it's annoying every now and then. <laughs> Never. Well, your music has a little country flavor to it. You mm-hmm. could you could find a I would I imagine a, want... a song that would fit a little banjo into it. Not getting too bluegrassy, but you know. Right. But I kind of want to convince him if if I could to like play on a next song or something. Yeah, but, for sure. You know, he's 83. I think he's also like he likes to just go home and how, how good is life? Cigars. And... <laughs> but how? I mean, listen, look at his life. That you know, he had mm-hmm. a, a big movie career. He had uh, just shoot me. He mm-hmm. had uh, yeah. uh, he's had a number of series. This a uh, great cast. Oh, yeah. I, I, there the you go. Yeah. Wow. Him, Bob Newhart, Johnny Carson, and they're all playing instruments. Yep. And, and I think George has a is that a mandolin? I think. No. Oh, it's a very no, tiny it's a, guitar. It's a guitar. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. What a moment. I know. And look but, at those pants. <laughs> yeah. And the lapel. That's, that's about the a decade pants. before the your collar. show takes place. <laughs> do you ask him for old showbiz stories? I do. Um, and it's kind of, sometimes it's hard to get it out of him. Like, it took a long time, I feel like, for him to warm up. But he and I get along so well. And he has the greatest laugh you will ever hear in your entire life. I, I hope that there's a video somewhere out there that you can hear it. But it's like, it makes me so happy. But uh, I, I don't really have any stories. Cause that's he just, all right. Because he keeps them all to himself. Speaking of your music, and you're just tuning in to uh, Haley Orantina, who's here. And she is going to be performing at the Queen, which is a great theater. Is it a full band or is it, uh, okay. Who, well, how, how many musicians do you have traveling with you? Five. Uh, okay. Right? Yes, five. I can't count anymore, guys. Yeah. I follow you, you everyone play. who's on Instagram, and you, you had your band, in the, and you were kind of, uh, you were think, singing a Journey song in the... Uh, in the oh, uh, yes, yeah, on yeah, our bus. Yeah, on the bus. It was very cool. And it's it, 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 they seem like a sharp band. They're really top level. It's incredible. The most, oh, they're all from Nashville, except for my drummer. He was from my Los Angeles band, because okay. I'm there filming most of the time. But they we, in, we auditioned them individually, and, you know, we're kind of taking risks by personnel not knowing if they'll mesh and also like this is the first time we're performing together but I'm telling you you could not put a better group together so and uh, Brenly Brown is that how it's pronounced yeah Brenly Brown she's a, 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 a contestant from The Voice yes she was on season 12 um, and she's incredible she's only 16 years old gets up on stage plays guitar yeah. so I'm already jealous um, and she just has a very traditional country sound. And it, I, sh- I personally think she has a little bit of like a Dolly Parton in her voice, kind of. Dolly Parton was one of our favorite interviews ever. Really? Phenomenal. Yep. So mm-hmm. great. And a lot of, and we, we tell people, he said, you know, don't, you got to realize just how important Dolly Parton is to the world of music mm-hmm. and how many songs she's written. Are you, oh, I yeah. assume you're a huge fan, correct? Absolutely. And I mean, uh, and I know that it was really take, took off with uh, Whitney Houston singing it, but, um, I will always love you. Yeah, yeah. that's it's an incredible song. You were at the uh, American country, uh, country music ACMs, yeah. ACMs, yeah. And uh, I said there, uh, you were uh, you were doing a little bit of hosting, I guess, uh, for the for the for the country channel, right? Yeah. So it sounds like Nashville. Um, I was hosting a part of their carpet and just kind of playing games with some of the artists that came down. You had to be blown away. I mean, like like yeah, like Reba McIntyre and other. Well, I wish they would have come down the carpet, but no, I got to talk to a lot of really cool people, but um, by the time that all the big artists were coming down, it was time for me to head back inside, so unfortunately, I didn't get to meet any of them. It's cool, though. All right, so television, music, what else do you want to bite off creatively or or in in your life? Because the world is your oyster, Haley. I mean... Technically, this is still a part of television and, and, and film entertainment, but I would love to kind of work on the, like, producing side. Yeah. Um, I've already been kind of developing a couple concepts, like, for a travel show that I really want to do. Um, there's a couple scripted ideas I have. So I would love to get involved in that world, um, but it's a whole other process. So yeah, it's very when cool, I have though. time. You, you know? got time. All right, well, cool. Well, listen, go see Haley and HaleyOrantia.com. That's, uh, you spell her last name. Well, I'll spell the first name, too. My puppy's name, Haley, by the way. <laughs> really? H-A-Y-L-E-Y-O-R-R-A-N-T-I-A. Or we'll just put a link up on Preston.com, make it easy for you. Um, but uh, you're headed around. I, I see you're going to Kremp Florist. You're going to Lee's Abington. And you got to stop by Wawa while you're here as I well. have to. I've never been in a Wawa. You're going to freaking love it. Yep. <laughs> we, honestly, we, we are super proud of Wawa. Thank God the show uh, celebrates Wawa. Absolutely. I, yeah. I'm going to check it out today. All right. Cool. Haley, great to meet you. Thank you guys for Enjoy having me. Enjoy your time here. Let's hear it for Haley, guys. Yeah. Yeah. On the President's Steve Show from the Goldbergs. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Now. 
Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Triumphant return of Alex Holly back from vocal rest. Yes. Uh, so we haven't talked to Alex in like a month. I really like to talk to her more in depth because she did some amazing things uh, by herself uh, for a long time. She was out west and went to some places that I've been to Ooh. that are really cool. She was at like Sedona. Yeah, Horseshoe Bend, Sedona. Uh, she was in a place called Antelope Canyon. And, um, and you just and, didn't talk? And no, she was on she vocal rest. She had to be with someone, I guess. <laughs> but she wrote a lot of no. things down. Well, and you know what? No, because she, she did a trip. I was talking to her about it um, by herself. Yeah. Uh, it was like three hours from here. She rented a car. She drove to it. This was before she was on the vocal rest. But she said she went completely by herself. Huh. Just kind of spent time by herself. It's it's. A, I actually... I, I found the resort a couple of years ago. It looks beautiful, but they actually encourage you to come by yourself. No kidding. Yeah. I did last night. I- <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, what? my God. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't always have to I, be You just that. said it. You just said it was the optimum condition. Jeez. You're the one who's bringing up filthy stuff. No, the um, cat from years of stand-up comedy, you kind of end up, touring around by yourself a lot anyway, and it's actually a very good zen thing to do. I agree. I, yeah. I've never done it, and I kind of want to try. I mean, I've been all over you know? the country. <laughs> oh I know, the latter, not the former. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we're... Do you have any idea where you want to... I'll go with you if you want to go somewhere no, by yourself. No, by myself. That would be like a nightmare. We'd go from heaven to Oh, my hell. gosh. What? We should totally do something together like that. Um, yes, we really, really second. should. Um, Preston, you spent the afternoon by yourself last week, and you were talking yeah. to me about it. You were like, man, I really... Enjoyed that. I went to I went to the golf tournament. I went to the BMW Championship at at Aronimic, and I, I had an extra ticket. And I, you know, I'd asked you if you wanted to go case, but everybody that I knew was working, and and you know, and it was just I'm like, you know what, I'll just go by myself, and I'll I'll, I'll be that guy walking yeah. walking around alone. I thoroughly enjoyed being on my own because that particular event lent itself to. Uh, uh, you know, I want to go here now. I want to go there. I want to move around, and it, it was a it's a very kinetic event. You can either stay in one spot and be a little sedentary, or it it saved me from having to ask anybody that might have been with me. So, what do you want to do next? Okay, we've had these two groups. You want to go over to another hole? You want to figure that out? But and I just uh, whatever you want. I, yeah, I went about my business, and it was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I, it, I liked it. It, it, it. There is a freedom to it. Yeah. You know, what I did for the first time ever. Um, I ate a meal by myself at a restaurant. First time ever? Ever. I've, I don't think I've... It, because to me, oh, I, wow. I always... And I think Marissa and I had this conversation poor before. girl over there. Look mm-hmm. at her. Well, mm. no, because to me, if you're going to go out to eat, it's something that you do, you know, with your family or a right. friend or like... You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's kind of an activity. Yep. So yeah. if, I, if I don't have anybody to go with... woman with the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have to have I'm a just mustache? kidding. No, the... the uh, and tell you what, it's... Do you know what I mean? So, so I, instead, if I don't have anybody to go eat with, then I'm just going to eat at home. Um, but yeah. anyway, so whatever, it, it led to me, and it was, I'm as far as I can remember, it's the first time the I've ever first sat down time. by myself. Wow. I have done it countless times. I do it all, when you're, when, all the time. Again, like when I was out on the road a lot, I was always in restaurants eating by myself. I had a yeah. book or yeah. something or a magazine or a newspaper, yeah. sit there and, and have a meal and do the deal. And and actually, the, the better you can get at that, the the more and I've told this to people throughout my life. The less likely you are to get involved with someone simply be so you can have company, right? You right. know, you're, you're going to be a little more discriminating about the person you end up with, and it helps. I have actually had moments where I, I've gotten excited to go somewhere by myself because yeah. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to order my food. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to grab my phone. I'm going to just sit there and play words with friends for a little bit, yeah. eat my meal, and then so I get there. And then I see somebody I know, and next thing I know, like, I'm talking, to, and I'm like, man, 
I just wanted to sit here by myself and not talk to anybody. And like, you know, and, you know, and, and I'm kind of upset. You know what you do? To, like... Correct the way they pronounce celebrity names. <laughs> Dude, okay. Yeah, be a jerk. Be a jerk. Look. You, you just call me a jerk? No, no. no. Casey is such a jerk. <laughs> he uh, should really just let it go. Uh, Stop it. But it is, it's it, It's something that, I know, Preston, there's a great scene, we love the movie The Lonely Guy. That's great. Where he pretends he's a food critic so yep. he can eat alone. Yep, <laughs> he goes into a restaurant, he sits there with a notepad. <laughs> And he'll take a bite and and he'll chew on it thoughtfully, you know, just looking. Hmm. And then he writes down a little note. He's not writing anything. Yeah, no. oh, that's awesome. It's, it's, it's it. great. Yeah, I I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind dining alone. That's that's. I and I wouldn't mind dying or dining. Dining <laughs> alone. Sound, I swear to God, I thought you said. If I had my druthers, I'll die alone and penniless. <laughs> that is what yeah. I heard. <laughs> We all die alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Former now- local broadcaster <laughs> Preston Elliott died alone. His last words, Cheech, who cares? No family and friends surrounding him. I, I wouldn't, I don't mind dining alone. Oh, dining. And I also wouldn't mind doing another trip alone. I have taken a trip uh, by myself. I went. I told you guys about it. I've been to Yellowstone and I walked around all uh, alone. And, I, and, and it, it was, was great for you. It was you, cool. you always talk about it. You I wouldn't t- mind doing you, it again. You talk about how it helped... Sort of recenter you, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So I did this trip uh, in the '90s, and I went to a, a place called Bern in Switzerland, and um, I went with some college friends. And uh, I'll just be perfectly honest about that trip: uh, we were really high for like yeah. five straight days, and um, uh, smoked a lot of pot because yeah. it's legal in Switzerland. And then after that, I well, went off by myself, and I went hiking in the Alps, and by th- yourself, by myself. That's actually. And so, if coming from a Dangerous. trip, well, sh- so smoking hash for five straight days. Well, if you're so, you're also probably hiking trails that are well yeah, hiked. And, and, it's and, not like you were mountain climbing, you know. But it was a chance for me to literally and figuratively clear my head. Yeah, and, and in a place where, and it, it was so beneficial for me to get out of the party environment and to to stop doing what I had been doing for for several straight days and to go off on my own and and breathe fresh air and. And be by myself for a little bit, and I'll I'll always treasure that portion of the trip a lot more than the partying for five straight days. Here's something though you wouldn't expect. I'm, I'm looking at some texts of people that take uh, solo trips. Um, this one I wouldn't consider. Uh, it says I take solo trips to Disney World every year, and it's wonderful. That's kind you of interesting. leave your kids at home for that one. Uh, well, maybe they don't have kids. I don't know, but uh, you can rent them. But Disney, uh, it seems to be like a shared experience that you're with. You I, know. I think it's, a, it's, I a, know. it's a magical it place. Cool. If it, yes, no, I, I, I agree. You know what, though? But, the, the, um, uh, well, hell, you know, when we, we go do uh, some of the amusement parks, um, the last time we were at Dorney, I, I was going around hitting a whole bunch of rides by myself. I mean, now we were there for an event. Yeah. But I, it, was still, it was still fun is fun. Fun's fun, man. I would like to do something like that by myself. Maybe not Disney or whatever, but um, listen, when I did the Grand Canyon last year, yeah. uh, there, uh, there were only 30 other people with you. Well, but there there was there were two women there, one from Maine yeah. and another one from Texas who went with nobody. Yeah. And then she ended up, you know, she wasn't alone and right. all by herself, but... Took the trip by herself. She, you know, and so she right. didn't have to answer. It. Now, there were other people there like, all right, I'm, I'm there with my wife or yeah. husband or whatever. And then you're sort of tethered to that person oh. for seven days. And if that person's not having fun, there's a good chance that you're not going to be having fun. Kathy, you know what I mean? Somebody texted and asked if you go out shopping by yourself. 
Yes. Okay. That so is, I do you consider that? I actually would I I have to go by myself. Really? Yeah, I mean there's some things that I'll take Jace with me because he likes to um you know, he'll like to do some shopping like for the Halloween the new right, Halloween right, decorations. Yes. But no, for the most part, I don't like going um you know when you were younger you used to go clothes shopping with friends. Now, no. Yeah, I have to be by myself. Okay. Uh I'm going to go to Colin uh, going back to the Disney thing here real quick. Hey Colin, good morning. Yeah, what up, monkey pick ass? Monkey pick ass. <laughs> Old school. What's going on, buddy? Um, so yeah, I literally just got back from being at Disney for, World for a week, and it was freaking phenomenal. And you they were have, uh, you were alone. You had no one traveling with you. No, I was there for two weeks. The first week, my family was with me, but uh, I was down there for a convention the first full weekend, and then okay. stayed for an extra week by myself. Uh, they have so. For rides, they have, like, single passenger lines. So you go, like, pretty much right through. Like, I was hitting a full park, which you usually take a whole day, yeah. in, like, four hours. Well, here's the deal. Dude. Yeah, because most often people are with other people. Yes. Yeah, a couple of, so uh, binding the off-single seat. Yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. Is, that's actually cool that they also were smart enough to accommodate that aspect with the separate line. I never even thought about that. Oh, yeah, I made the happiest place on earth even happier. Yes, so. it turns out complete <laughs> solitude is the happiest place wow. on earth. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I eat wherever I wanted to and everything like that. Um, I didn't have to put up with my uh, fat boss dealing <laughs> with him every day. Your fat um, boss? Oh. <laughs> Not sure what that has to do with yeah. the story. Yeah, but. Yeah. Well, well, here's an idea. Then That's you, why he killed him. What you do is, is you go as a group to Disney, but everybody's Splits up while you're there. Yeah, go do whatever you want to do, and we'll meet later on for a meal, and we'll talk about how great the rides were. But you would you would certainly save a ton of time. Yeah, you know? I would have no no problem, honestly. Not a yeah. bad idea. Thanks, Colin. Doing Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we tend to think of these, right. uh, you know, uh, and the other way. When you see like nine generations, I have a T-shirt. It's a it's a joke. It was done up for me by a listener because I was joking. Yes. About, I wanted to get T-shirts like Rodriguez family vacation. You know. And and go to Disney World, but um, you know you'll see these fifty, sixty groups, uh, person groups moving around, and they've got to coordinate. Oh, that's a pain oh, in the ass. Horrible. It is a total pain in the ass, it, or at least it's, to me, yeah, it seems like it's a total pain in the ass. I met a guy uh, this summer. Uh, um, me and my cousins went up to Mount Washington, and we climbed Mount Washington in early August. Um, and when I was at the base of the mountain, I see this guy walking out of yeah. uh, of the um, the trail. He was all by himself. The guy's name was Raphael, and he was from Germany, and he has been in North America for over a year by himself. So wow. you know you know those, uh, the van life people, Nick? Yeah. Um, he has a van like that, and he has been traveling all over North America, all of the, the national parks, up in Canada. He's been doing it all by himself. Yeah. And what he'll do is he'll, um, he'll just sleep in the van. He'll go uh, shower at uh, like a Y or, mm-hmm. you know. And, and or he's a been, W. Or a W. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it, honestly, it is, even with the van life people, it is a seductive lifestyle. I don't know how committed to it I could be. I could do it for a while. Yeah. I could, <laughs> a little while. I yeah. couldn't do it forever. And I'm jealous of that ability to do what he's doing, Casey, for a year or two and, and map that out in, in that part of your life. Yep. Uh, but then have an end game. But now that these, but these are these are bigger, like these are bigger trip trips. There yeah. are people who have trouble going to the movies. Yeah, I mean, people do the Appalachian Trail all by. The, I love going to the movies. I by go, myself. I, honestly, I, I a great majority of the movies that I've seen in my life, 
uh, had been by myself because I'll, I'm very picky. I'll probably go see the Predator on Friday night by myself. I, I'll, I will wait for everybody to settle down for the evening. Okay, safe for me to go, and then I'll and I'll pick up and I'll just go by myself. I really like that. But Nick, this guy from Germany, um, it was clear that he was a little lonely because I was he done. Loved you. I was done with the conversation about ten fifteen minutes in, <laughs> and he hung out for another half hour. It's like, all right, Raph, wrap it up, man. Yeah. Go back to Germany. Go, go, go back, back to, to Germany. <laughs> we don't want you here. I am done talking to you. So speaking of being done talking, do you could you do what Alex did and not speak for as long as she has? No, no. try Cap. In case you could never do that, <laughs> she immediately looked at me. You know, it's kind of wild though. We'll have to maybe we'll, we'll we'll bring it up, but I mean, on, on the vocal rest thing. I mean, we talk for hours and hours and hours every day mm-hmm. um, and are talking constantly with, you know, lo- super long break as we are right now. Yeah, like I wonder what, what that what, in- what, what, what did that entail? Did she could she really not talk all day or, or was it just? Yeah. Not work and talk? I mean, how past the point of no return are we? If- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I go go for a little while without talking. Yeah. Uh, not for days on end, but I think they try to keep you at, at minimum. Uh, I told you my uh, friend's daughter had to go on brain rest yeah, for a while. Yeah, that's right. There's no reading, no watching TV, none of that stuff. No no screens at all. I know you would die. I would die. Uh, by the way, somebody texted and said only three rides have a single rider uh, line at Disney. Ah. Test track, Everest, and Rock and Roller Coaster says they need more. Okay. So I don't know if that's true or not. But. You ever talk to uh, Damon downstairs at Manja about uh, the little retreats that he does? They're, they're only a weekend long, you know, three or four day weekend, um, and they go to a place where it's um, it's no They or just he? Uh, well, he does, it's a it's a men's group. Okay, and so they go to this. Uh, and I think it's a seminary, and they just uh, they unplug for a long stretch and uh, become very introspective. Play video games, but uh, no <laughs> video games. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the only thing you're allowed is uh, a Nintendo. Ah, no, no, like, but literally, it's it's. Reading a little bit, uh, very little speaking. A and, time for contemplation. And complete disconnection. Wow. Wow. Okay, I like that. That's cool, yeah. Especially gonna, if you can be out in nature. Uh, I'm going to go to Matt. Hey, Matt, good morning. What's up, guys? Good morning. Sorry to buy the work. It's okay. All good, buddy. What is it you do by yourself? I, When I was younger, I used to go every weekend, every time it came around to Dover, Delaware, I'd go to the race by myself. All three days, <laughs> the, the minor race, the Xfinity race, the monster race. Back then, obviously, it was Bush and Winston Cup. But... I'd sleep in the bed of my pickup truck, and nobody to bother you. You just watch grandstands, the qualifying, the practicing, all the races, and then you just mingle with everybody else that has a camper and drink their beer. Okay. That but, sounds cool, yeah. But you preferred doing it that way? Oh, it was so much easier than dragging people along with you. What a nightmare. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Do you I know, mean, you're just free to uh, to move about as you please, and you can meet people and hang out. I, I go to, like, Thanks, uh, for years, I would go to horror movie conventions and, uh, like, uh, ultimate nerdy stuff, like sci-fi conventions and things, and go by myself. And, you know, I'd go without the perfunctory yeah. huge backpack full of 60 cans of Fresca. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the whole experience was you, you can just kind of go in and you can be more surgical, too. Yeah. When you're with someone... And mind you, I've gone with people and had great times. But yeah. you can be, I'm going to go to this, I want to see this, I want to see this. And it's amazing how your experience alters because you're getting exactly what you want. And then you leave. You're not yeah. dawd- you're not dawdling. Yeah. I saw a text message come through. I said, hey, Casey, can your wife go to the movies all by herself? First of all, don't be a dick on text messages. Second well, of all. Why is that being a dick? <laughs> no, because Wait, I think there was an that? insinuation. My wife can do whatever she wants, whenever she wants, all oh, by you're, herself. You're taking yeah. that as if yeah. you don't allow her to? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. oh, you get to go to the movie. No, listen. And that's that's how my, my household is. Like, dude, listen, if you want to go, it's not all about me. You want to go to the movies all by yourself? You want to go shopping? All, go, go. Because oh, no, I God. know. 
I know what that isolation can yeah. do for you. Like, it's freeing. I love yeah. that. I play golf alone all the time. Welcome yeah. your way. Play golf all the time. I went to a Phil's game by myself this year. Uh, I had an extra ticket. I asked a whole Did bunch your of girlfriend people. get to go to the Phil's game by <laughs> <laughs> No, she... That's got to be nice, though, it actually. It was fantastic. You can... No distractions. No. At all. It was... Uh, I, uh, there was a friend who was there that I found out that he was there, and I went up and, and I hung out with him and his son for a little bit, but, like, for the most... Most most of the time, I was just watching the game, enjoying it by myself, and yeah. You, you know, said though they did make you move the inflatable doll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I bring her along for uh, carpool purposes. Uh-huh. No, honestly, for that for that level, you can enjoy it, and it doesn't mean you're not enjoying the company of people when you're with them. Oh my, but, but because I, I think some people say, wait, it must be antisocial, or no, no, no. No, as you get older, you just start to hate people. <laughs> no, even 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 like that, uh, you've hated them all your life. But, but the, the 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 genuine thing is that you it's it's you, you could have a different experience that's, that can be uh, enjoyable on another level. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this question though. Uh, I mean, this is we got started on this with uh, Alex Holly from uh, yeah. Fox, but she uh, she was on vocal rest, so she took a, a trip by herself, right, Nick? She was definitely yeah. alone. Yeah, yeah, and she was in uh, some pretty well, cool places out west. But hold, hold on, here, and here's my question. How hard is that to pull off, though, if you're married or in a relationship and turn to someone to say, "Yeah, I need to go okay. by myself That's for even, even a weekend? <laughs> I, I just want to go do this. And you know what I mean? That's yeah. a great question. And so I went to uh, Joshua Tree National Park a few years ago, or two, whatever, and went to Joshua Tree, and there was a, a guide on that trip. And she was married, and her she and her husband would do long trips apart from one another. She went to Russia for like six months and did this rowing trip down these Russian rivers. The Volga? Uh, no, I don't even. It, it doesn't matter. And the the point of the story is that they were a, away from one another for six months to eight months at a time. And he would do similar things in different parts of the world too. For them, it worked in their marriage. Yeah, but I. I that's pretty unique, though. That's, well, because that's they, yes, they were yeah. getting to have sex with other people. Well, you know, in other well, countries. Yeah, that into it. It's, yeah, one of two things: either that that is allowed, yeah. or they're just not very sexual. My wife goes, "Listen, she loves to travel, mm-hmm. and and so uh, and uh, I can't be traveling as you know, I don't want her to be tied to my schedule. So she'll she'll go out and, and do that." Um, and, she but doesn't she, go by herself. She doesn't right? go by herself. Yeah, no. she always yeah. goes with somebody. Right. I don't think Alex is by herself because somebody is taking these pictures of her. You well, can ask somebody on the trail to take a picture. Yeah, we're of looking you. at her sure. Instagram. There may be somebody you can say, "Hey, would you mind taking this picture?" Whoever took this picture took a damn good picture. So that's Antelope Canyon, the one that you're looking at right now. That's Preston. amazing. That's out of uh, outside of Page, yeah. in Arizona. Sure, I'll take a picture of you. <laughs> hey, just as long as you try and try to jump my claim. <laughs> What are you talking about, old fella? Out there paying him for gold. I'm out here. I'm just about to hit big. Uh, let me go to. Do, 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 do. I have a bunch of calls here. Tons of people that want to jump in. I'm going to go to Corey. Hi, Corey. Good morning. Hey, what's going on, Gadzooks? Gadzooks, buddy. All right. So it says here you move around a lot. Um, kind of. Uh, I was in the military for a while. Uh, they put me out in South Dakota, and I was, you know, 18 years old, right out of high school, away from my family. Like, I didn't know anyone going out there, as opposed to like. A lot of my college friends, you know, they go to, uh, like, Penn State with, like, two of their other buddies. They're all in the same room. And, like, when I got back, like, I really noticed, like, I was a lot different because I could uh, handle the isolation a lot better. Yeah, you're, you're, you're speaking exactly um, to my point, Corey. And you, you, yeah. you sort of pick up a skill set. It doesn't make you antisocial. It makes, I, yeah, I, I think, you're, you just become more discriminating on, on 
you you I think you select your situations better. You're not dragged yeah. along to things you don't want to go to. Right? Am I correct in that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm at the point where I kind of like need it every once in a while. And don't get me wrong, I love my wife and son yeah. so much, like you know, with all my heart. But I'm still with the Air Force Reserve, so I have to go out to Pittsburgh once a month. And it, it's just a little weekend trip, and it, it's nothing too extravagant. I'm working like half the time. But, you know, I got the nights where I can just do whatever I want. If I want to go see a movie, then I go see a movie. If I want to go to a bar and have a few Jeep beers, you know, I make sure I uh, plan my hotel right next to a good bar. Yeah, so, but, yeah, so, but it, that little bit of you time recharges you, correct? Oh, absolutely. All right. Yeah, so that's a perfect example. Thanks, Corey. I wouldn't mind doing a golf trip solo. I wouldn't mind going somewhere. Where would you go? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, You know, there's... Um, mm. There's a lot of great courses in like Wisconsin and and uh, Oregon, yeah, you know, somewhere out that way. Some really picturesque places that I wouldn't mind, and just you know hitting a bunch of golf courses, and meeting people, just getting hooked up with people you don't know, and having I mean, sex, and maybe having sex with these guys. You know, it could be great. <laughs> I'm heterosexual, but yeah. you're very attractive. <laughs> I'm so lonely. <laughs> Thank you. You say your name is Preta? <laughs> oh my God! I mean, <laughs> I mean this European. You guy. remind me of Antonio Banderas. <laughs> By the way, I think Marissa would be a great solo traveler uh, because Marissa is very um, off the cuff in her uh, decisions on where to go and what to do. Yes, but no. So, <laughs> okay. She likes the party. She well, likes to be with people. Yeah, so I enjoy... Dinner like, on Blanc solo. I enjoy going places alone, but meeting people there. Yeah. And maybe not like Well, that's that plan. would speak to that, though. That's uh, what I mean. I mean, so, so there, I understand yeah, what you're not saying. not random people, her friends. Yeah, like having oh. a couple different people to meet up with, but not being tied down. Could you go, could you go on a trip where you were going to experience something and you were, you're not hooking up with friends, you're just going by yourself to an experience, whether it be a concert or an event? Burning Man. Burning Man, for example. Maybe. I, okay. I I think I would be a bad traveler. I can't sit I think in a restaurant I could do it. by myself. Like I need to to I need entertainment. I need people to entertain me. Okay. So you need people to entertain you. Yeah, she calls no. it a bomb threat. <laughs> no, mm. I was just trying to wrap it up. No, I I just need interaction. Okay. okay. Understood. Gotcha. Uh, so anyhow, wow, I wasn't expecting us to talk about that. We had a totally, <laughs> entirely different topic ready, yeah. but that's the kind of loose and free-spirited show we are. I like it that way. We'd be good solo travelers. <laughs> Listen, we are going to Europe. Uh, we're going to, to London. That'll be interesting. Uh, but we're not gonna be we're going to be We're going together. No. We're a group together. But I think there are, there are a couple of times where we're going to sort of break up into little sure. discussion groups. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we went to Florida, we kind of did that. Too. Yeah. Everybody kind of split up for a little bit. I went marlin fishing. Yeah. Did you? I did, but I stayed in the hotel. Okay. Everybody yeah. had a partner except for me. And, uh, well, you had already left on... Uh, I didn't have anybody. Yeah. I, well, I went to go see my family yeah. for a day, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I left pretty much after the broadcast. Well, I, you didn't catch any Marlin. But I did. I went back to the hotel. Oh, the hotel. The bed hotel caught his Marlin ate it and left. I got you. Yeah. All right, well, listen, I want to take a break, but thank you for your phone calls. Very interesting, and it's, uh, listen, it's not a, uh, it, it's kind of cool to get out and be alone for a little while yeah. and, and uh, take some time along with you and experience some things. So we're going to break. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Want to see something funny? Uh, or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. Kath, you have a fan in our next guest in your recent victory at Target. He was very excited in the green room. Please welcome Mr. Dan Soder. Yeah. Hey. 
Do not clap for me. You clap for Kathy. That was unbelievable. It's impressive, wasn't it? Unbelievable. As a man that was forced to wear Target clothes until he was 15, that was unbelievable. I mean, that's a, that's a knowledge of Target that's just it's deep. awe-inspiring. It's deep. Yeah, yeah. That is like, that's pretty crazy. It's like in movies where they call in someone and they're like, we've got a point guy. Right, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I lived among them for years. Yeah. And Kathy just comes in. She's like, where do you want to know where the hot dogs are? Into the left. Starbucks is just slightly more to the left. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, this loofah is going to stink. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, she's about, to, she's about to get some travel crest. Right, right. And just, Honestly, it. there's two things. Travel uh, yeah. There are two things I go to Target for. I, I, go, I go to that section like an HDMI cable or those little airport travel, travel sizes. Right. Oh, they got they're, everything. They're bins full of that crap. Oh, I'm a, I'm a uh, frame guy myself. <laughs> the frame department the at Target. It's oh, awful. yeah. Uh, what I miss, I, I quit drinking five years ago, yeah. and uh, I tell people, they're like, what do you miss about drinking? It's like, sometimes being day drunk in a Target. <laughs> just be kind of hammered, and I'd be yeah. like, oh, so you work here? How is it working here? And the guy's like, I, what? Why do you care? Listen, that's happened. I, I went Christmas shopping after a few glasses of wine. I'm yeah. kidding. With a girlfriend of mine, and I came home with a Ninja Turtle bike that was way yeah. too big for my son. He used it like three years later. Yeah, but that's pretty awesome. What what a great ahead of the curve present. Yes, yes. Yeah. Too bad uh, day drunk mom is from the future. <laughs> yeah. Get you a good bike for three years. Yeah. Also, here's a TI eighty three for your senior year of <laughs> high school. Uh, just getting used to a graphing couch. Calculator. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Uh, well, welcome back to Philadelphia. Yeah, man. Love being back in Philadelphia. I felt bad last time I was at Helium. It was like New Year's Eve week and you guys were off. So I, I yeah. missed I missed seeing you guys. Well, you, you, you look, you're busy. You work with one of our, our, our bestest buddies, a big J. I mean, the man. That guy's it's the man. Great. He's Philadelphia's great. Philadelphia's own. Super nice. And you're both, you're both super funny. And, oh, you, and you have your, um, your bonfire show. Yeah, Monday through Thursday on Sirius XM 95. You pair really nicely. It's a it's a good Thanks. vibe. I check it out often. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you? I I, I listen as well. Is yeah. that how off the cuff is that entire? Show? I mean, seriously. Yeah, we we smoke pot and hang out. I so, <laughs> it's I like, mean, so it, like there's like, there's no like. There's no lie. There's no, like, I'm a big wrestling fan. There's no kayfabe. There's nothing, yeah. like, we don't lie anything. We, like, we come in and he goes, dude, I watched this video. Do you want to watch it? And then we just watch it on the show. Right. Because, for, I mean, as you two professionals like you guys, it must drive you nuts. No, yeah. no, 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 because we're, we're similar. We, we kind of just go, what do you feel like talking about? Yeah. And then, and then we go into it, and, and we don't really have much of it. There are a couple of benchmarks that we have that are structured. But for the most part, the show is very free-flowing, and I get that sensation from you guys as well. Honestly, the way it feels doing the show, it feels like uh, they let the two potheads run the high school news channel. Yeah. <laughs> so here, well, here's like, the difference, like, though. They're like, you guys can do whatever you want. You're like, yeah. Here's the difference, though, Dan. They, like, there was a big podcasting convention in, to, in, in, in the city, and, and a whole bunch of shows come in. There are a lot of shows like that. Yeah. They're not all good. Yeah. And that's the difference. We... You got to have the chops to pull it off. You guys do. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times at this podcast convention... We're just talking. Yeah. Well, is it interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you guys know Big J. He's one of the yeah. funniest human beings on the planet. He's great. And it's just like, 
he uh, he's like one of my good friends to where it's just I'm, I get to see my friend for work. Yeah, and you, like, but that's it. It's, it's, it. it's funny because it's one of the most critical aspects of anything. And, yeah. and, and as, as a morning show, and our pentameter has to be a little bit more accelerated, you know, because people are, are getting off to work and so on and so forth. But when we were building the show, a chemistry, a symmetry, a, a synergy. Yeah. And it's lightning in a bottle. And he's a buddy. You're both buddies, you can tell. The one thing I've told Jay the entire time is like, this is so much fun for me that the second it's not fun is probably going to be the moment I have to walk away. Yeah. Because it's like, I want to keep that kind of like innocence to it where you're just like, oh, no, man, I'm just excited to hang out with my buddy. I watch this stupid video that I think we'll have fun. Or, you know, this, like the Madonna speech for Aretha Franklin. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk to Jay about (laughs) this. Because she's crazy. She's insane. Like, she she looked like, she I said she looked like somebody she walked out of the dark crystal i mean it's, it looked like your uh it looked like your strange aunt that got married in sedona and then showed up and you're like yeah that's kathy uh she's gonna talk about herself for a lot but we had to invite her to the wedding she's and, my mom's sister and her her grill her yeah. fake grill uh, dude, we were pushes making, her lips out well, she had me and jay were talking about this on the show she had a lift yeah yeah so yeah. it's so funny when someone's being so narcissistic with a lift we're like really every Everyone understood that I was a different person. Pretty, pretty soon, I saw myself. It's like, Madonna, you stink. Yeah. You stink. I, I can't take that. The accent, the lisp, like all of that, it, it changes. It's changed so many times. But it's yeah. also so easily correctable. Yeah, take that goddamn thing out of your mouth. It, they're also all symptoms of not having one person around going. What are you no. doing? Yeah. Stop no. It. Madonna hasn't had a person going like, well, what the yeah. hell are you doing? No, you're right. Well, why do you think um, all of these these celebrity marriages don't work? Yeah. Because eventually, because all these people, they just have yes men around them all the time. Yeah. And then when you marry somebody, they're not going to be a yes man for you anymore, and they don't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really is, because they're t- like, you just want a hype man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes someone consistently kissing Madonna to go, could you take that goddamn thing? Goes, yeah. oh, oh, love, I'm sorry. I just licked your grill. <laughs> And she's like, oh, hold on. Like a, like a, she's wearing, yeah, Invisalign. Yeah. Oh, is that a, yeah. And the, it's the, too much. That forehead crystals, uh, it was enough to me to be like, dude, MTV is so dead yeah. that they've dug up Madonna and wind crystals on her head. Well, you know, so, did you hear thing now, so. Did yeah. you hear that? I mean, again, so last year's was super low rated. <laughs> this one exceeded it. Yeah, because kids would rather watch Snapchat. That's it. It, the said, VMAs were so cool when I was growing up. Oh, my God. It was like appointment television. Yeah. You're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen at the VMAs. And now you're like, oh, they're doing that? They all They were two blocks away from us. And oh, we were like, really? oh, that's how we knew. That's how I knew the VMAs were happening. I was like, oh, Radio- Sixth Avenue is you can't walk across it. Because Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande are making out in front of Radio City. Like, our friend and his new superstar girlfriend. Are you friends with Pete? I've known Pete since he was 15. So Pete's, a, a, we've never had him on the show. Sweet, he's like a he's great guy. Hilarious. Always wanted to have him on. When I saw that pairing, as I think everyone else did, what? But you know, they seem to be like, it seems to be like massively I, real deal. I want Pete to be happy. As his friend, that's yeah. all I care about. It was a very similar reaction to Pete dating Ariana Grande is when my friend started doing blow in college. And I was like, just don't let this destroy you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, look at me in the face. Do not let this ruin you. You can handle and he's this, like, right? Oh, yeah. I'm just going to do a keep up real quick in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pop song. I, I don't 
do this. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I can't argue, though. She's she's gorgeous. She's, she's, she's Ariana Grande. Yeah. She's like a massive, huge global celebrity. And yeah. It's Pete. It's yeah. our buddy Pete. <laughs> it's our buddy Pete. It's uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm, but honestly, he's like above, like Jay's hung out with them. Yeah. I, yeah. I have uh, like. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Like he went over to their apartment. I, I have. It's got to be wild. It's, it, yeah. He said it's like a giant spaceship. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man. Millionaires, when they get like a certain amount of money, <laughs> they, for some reason, all the comfort in their uh, uh, place leaves. Yeah. Like, yeah, I dated a wealthy girl, and her apartment felt like a Japanese insane asylum. It was like just white walls. And like, I was just hey, saying that. Go crazy in here. Yeah. I was just saying that this morning. We were, we were at a venue last night that that was wonderful at Harris. We had a, we had a, a a wonderful event. It was a sprawling room with very sparse amount of furniture because it's more like a concert venue. Yeah, but it, it ends up looking like a villain's lair in a in a in a James Bond movie. So it's like huge <laughs> yeah. windows, yeah. two chairs and a table, or like when when Doctor No wants to interrogate yeah. you, he puts you in this room. You expect someone. To to come in with like right. a low, like a highball glass of whiskey exactly. and be like, you're wondering why you're here. They ha- <laughs> it's to die. They have all the money for comfort, but they don't they don't invest yeah. in it. It's it's yeah. it's super creepy because I'm like uh, I like places that you can feel like the soul in it, like you know with like knickknacks and stuff, right? And like, yeah, pictures on the wall where you're like, oh, you live here. Yeah. But when you walk into a nice place, and you're like, hey, I don't want to touch anything. Yeah. Because I'm the messy kid. I'm like, I don't. I just don't want to touch the walls. So somewhere it- you can actually put your feet up on yeah. on, on a couch. Well, it's, like it's like the wealthy equivalent of when I was growing up. My, my the 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 Kostanowicz family in my neighborhood. Yes, they had they had all their furniture was covered in a thick plastic. Yeah. So this living room was never used. It was just a showroom yeah, right. that you walk past on a mat on a plastic mat <laughs> into the kitchen. Well, let yeah. me ask you because you you've had a recent um, run of, of success over the last. Probably since you stopped drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, uh, it lines up perfectly. Right, so, but I'm sure that there is a certain charm to when you first moved to New York City, you lived in a tiny little place, that, you know, do, is there any of that that you miss? I still live in the same apartment. <laughs> really? Well, you, yeah. well, you came lived, from Colorado, right? Yeah, I moved I, I moved from Denver, and I went to school in Tucson in Arizona, and then I moved, that's where I started comedy, and then I moved to New York. And I've been in New York for the last 12 years. I've been in the same apartment in Queens for the last 12 years. Why, why there, is there's, that? There's it's, a charm to Queens. Yeah. It really is, yeah. Like it's, you're, you're comfy there? You, or you just landed the perfect spot when you when you moved there? Uh, no, I moved into a windowless room for eight years. <laughs> far from the perfect spot. It was almost to the point where I was like, what the hell am I doing to myself? Uh, I had to sleep with the door open because there's a heater in that room but no windows. So you shut that door and you are going to drop weight for a wrestling meet. But I, uh, I, I just... I loved the apartment, and I live with Mike Vecchione, who's a Philly guy. Yeah. And Mike Vecchione's hilarious. Basically, what happened was I had roommates, and finally Mike and I were just going to get an apartment together. And I was like, why don't we just stay in this apartment and just, you know, like, redo it? So we just kind of stayed in the same apartment because it's close to LaGuardia. It's, like, cheap. I don't and – I, and I, you know, it's, like, a thing to me. I, I didn't want to – you're Move. A, you're away a lot. Anyway. Yeah, I'm on the road thirty weeks a so year. You don't need that Blofeld apartment. Yeah, you know? I mean they'd be stupid. I'd come in and it's like I like living in the. I love the neighborhood. I know the people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's something to be said about that. Where I think it's like I don't want to live in some. I, also, I can't really afford it. I'm, they don't pay me billions. They pay me thousands. Speaking <laughs> of of of, of uh, billions, uh, you're, so you're you're on the show billions. 
Yeah. And um, what is the status of that case? He's a big fan. I watched a little bit of it initially, but I, I, I kind of fell off the grid on it. But you, what, didn't like, you didn't like Chuck getting beat on in the first episode? <laughs> I did yeah. actually like that. Steve, but... <laughs> come on, Steve. Stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Preston is a huge fan of, of uh, Chuck. Uh, Paul, Paul Giamatti? Giamatti. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm going to get on board. I've had enough people tell me, you need to watch this show. It's great. It's, it's great. It's time to get on board, and I'm going to do it. It's weird to be a fan of a show you're on because I hate when I come on screen. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, I, just, I hate my own scenes, so it's yeah. like, I'll be into it. I'm like, oh, God, look at my stupid forehead. <laughs> one time, one time my ex was watching it with me, and she's like, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this. Because <laughs> I'd be like, why is my skin on my forehead stupid? And she's like, can you not do that? I'm like, I'm a comic. I'm not an actor. I'm not, like, watching it like, good decision. <laughs> I'm like, God, I'm a real, I mean, I'm a giant ogre. Uh, I love Damien Exactly Lewis, the though. way I would have played yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, but Damien Lewis is the man. I mean, yeah. that whole cast is awesome. We start, oh, stupid idiot. <laughs> we're looking at what an a video idiot. Oh, oh yeah. Maggie Siff. I get to see her. You got to understand, I'm so excited. We're, we're back to we're back to school Monday. Yeah. Is we that start, right? Season four starts. Very cool. So I get to see all, I haven't seen these people since March. I mean, I, I hang out with like some of the Axe Cappers. Yeah. And uh, occasionally, but like Maggie Siff is one of the greatest human beings on the planet. Is she? One of the greatest human beings on the planet. She's super attractive. And she's just, like, talented. She's awesome. She's just, like, a great person. That's why they wrote this in, because they kind of knew I had, like, a little bit of a schoolboy crush on her. Really? Yeah. Like, there was a scene in season two. There's like, this poker tournament um, that involves, like, the new uh, Taylor Mason is, like, in this uh, uh, poker tournament. And we hadn't seen Maggie since season one, so she was on set, and I was like, "Oh, look who's back, Diva Maggie Smith, Maggie Seth won't even like talk to us." And she's like, "Yeah, I actually demanded that your uh, Dan Soder be my hot and tot this year." And I was like, "What?" Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I just walked away. I was like, "Stupid!" <laughs> and everyone was like, "Why did you become a sixth grade boy?" I'm like, "Maggie Siff just said I here. I don't even know what that means." <laughs> but it set the sexual tone, and I need to go take a long walk. You know, there are some there are some. Some women that are like that. We had Gina Gershon. Oh, man. Gina yeah. Gershon. Hello. Yeah. Just oh, commands man. guys oh. like nobody's business. Maggie Siff could be like, just fight your mom. And, uh, I'd call her up and I'd be like, Trish, wrap those hands. <laughs> You're the Manchurian candidate. Yeah. I go, this fight's been building for 35 years. We do a whole 24-7 on it. So the, that day, um, the Dan knew him and his mom would go to blows. <laughs> the creator of the show must be a, a fan of stand-up because... Brian Koppelman. Yeah, yeah, Brian Koppelman and David Levine I, I've known for years. And they're, uh, Brian Koppelman, he, like, he was a comic. He like did comedy in the city okay. for... Oh. 18 months when he was going through a writer's block and like got into it. But yeah, uh, Big J was on season one. Yeah, I'd uh, like Alan, to see him come back. Oh, I'd love to rewrite yeah. a nice drug dealer from Montreal. <laughs> uh, Alan Havey, who's hilarious. Berbiglia. Uh, Berbiglia. I mean, he puts a lot of, there's a lot of good looks for comics on the show, which is great. I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I definitely enjoyed what I saw in your right presence. It's, you know, it, what happens to it, let me ask you, you're on a show that has a buzz like this, though, but there are so many. There's such an influx with Hulu, with Netflix, with all yeah. these other shows. A while ago, a show like Billions would have, boom, you know, like like really, really popped. Like Sopranos, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and But now there's just... It's it's a glut of really good must watch TV. It, is it a little frustrating, or are you you just loving the ride regardless? No, nah, I mean it's just crazy to be a part of. It. Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy to be a part of like a, a major show like that. But it is weird when they're like 
I've been doing comedy for 15 years, and so people, a lot of, like a lot of bro-ish guys like Billions. Yeah. So a lot of guys, will be, and I'm I'm like. You Wall bo- Street I'm, kind of guys? Yeah, and I'm, board, yeah. I'm borderline white trash. <laughs> like, I'm real on the cusp. Yeah. And I have that kind of hair trigger. Right, yeah. I have like a, you know, calloused hands trigger. Yeah. That's why I like Philly so much. It's yeah. very yeah. similar, like, but these dudes will be like, hey, what's up, bro? Or they'll be like, hey, I'm a fee. And I'll be like, yeah, don't come at me like that. <laughs> And then they're just like, what? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm from Aurora, Colorado. I will rip your throat out. Like, you know, like there's been a couple of times. I was at a Mets game, and this guy's like, yeah, your axe is bitch. And I was like, what would you be? Yeah. And my girlfriend saw it. Jay calls it, Big Jay calls it zero to 60 soda. But I go like, I just fly off the hand. I'm like, what's up, dude? And this guy's just like, yeah, man, your axe is bitch. And I'm like, what would you, I almost just said the F word because I said it in real life. And I go, what would you be? And he was like. I, I love the show. <laughs> it's just me holding a hot dog, being like, am I about to fight you know, at a Mets game? <laughs> My dad loves the show. He's uh, from the Bronx, still has that yeah. Long Island accent. Yeah, bro. So yeah. We, we're, we got him the you know the voice control remote, <laughs> yeah. and so he's trying to put billions on. He's going... Billions. <laughs> billions. And the billions. TV's going, there's a, like, can't find it. And so we hear, and he's, like, cursing at the remote. Effing billions. Please get your mother. Serious. My brother went in, and he was, like, billions. Yeah. There you go, Dad. You just got to nail the two L's in the, yeah. in the one word. It's funny, though, as you talk about that, because I, I, I'm i from New York as well, and, and, yeah. and that's why I, I love it here, because there's a there's a very similar vibe and you know, and love Philadelphia. But there, there is that hair trigger thing. Uh, that that I I grew uh, thankfully grew out of because you, yeah. you, because you realize at a certain point and they, these guys know the story I ran up onto the hood of a car that was that was oh, following too close to that man that guy, after my own heart yeah guy yeah. could have had a gun guy guy could have had a gun I think about that a lot yeah, yeah. but then uh, and then my temper's like let's not think about that <laughs> <laughs> let's, think, let's think about how this guy just straight up disrespected you. <laughs> in my mind I'm like this isn't a good idea my temper's like. You're six three. You could probably at least scare this guy right, pretty good. Right, right. Yeah, so it's but it is it is cool to see like who likes the show. Uh, Styles P from the Locks was it's really he was in serious, and I turned the corner and I grew up listening to the Locks, and he just got a backpack on and he goes. M F and Muffy and just slams his backpack and he goes, "What's up?" And I was like, "Styles P." And he's like, "Yo, I love the show." And I was like, "Awesome." So, so do you? You talk about not wanting to see yourself on screen and it freaks you out and so on and so yeah, forth. I mean, I hate watching my stand up. Do you? One of the worst things that's certain. I mean, you guys are. Uh, you don't understand how much of a treat it is to come on a show like this when you're on the road, <laughs> because you know they're not going to hear me in any other market. Yeah. But you go on and they're like, "Hey, it's the coyote and the kid," and they're like, "Got Dan Sodder in here," and then they just play like my Conan clip for five minutes, oh and I'm just God. like, "Stop this, please stop! I hate all these jokes. Stop making me listen to things that I did five years ago." You hate. Your, all right, do you hate your last? album because i just listened to it recently yeah I hate, really? I hate i hate the newest joke i wrote and i wrote that three days ago do you, do you, oh yeah that, people really want to hear that stupid story i just listen you you have a bit about having the voice that you have now yeah yeah tiny yes. that's a real video dude I'm, i've been looking for that video my aunt sent me a dvd of my cousin's birthday and my, we're five years old in the video. Because yeah. my, my dad died when I was 14, and my aunt was like, hey, there's your dad's in this video. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of morbid. 
Uh, but she's like, I want you to see this birthday party. What ends up happening is my cousin's playing pinball. Yeah. I'm watching him play pinball. Then I just look at the camera and I go, when the light goes off, it means your game's over. And I was like, that's my voice at five years old. Wow. <laughs> it upset me. Yeah. I was watching. I was like, oh, dude. What the hell, man? Yeah. And it really was a thing where I was like, my mom has a deep voice and my dad had a deep voice. And I've always just been like, I used to call... This is before the internet. When I was young and I wanted a toy, I, I like would save up my allowance. And I would call Toys R Us. Yeah. And I'd be like, do you guys have RIP Toys R Us? Uh, and I would yeah. call up and be like, do you guys have this wrestling toy or whatever? And they'd always be like, miss, hold on a second. <laughs> because my voice was deep enough that they thought I was a grown woman. Yeah. Wow. I was like seven. And I was like, um, I'm looking for a Hulk Hogan. <laughs> did you did you sound, so it's like all my, my brothers, you know, and now I have the, the most resonant, but yeah. on the phone we all sound the same. So uh, there'd be many times <laughs> where I would intercept my brother's gr- girlfriend would be calling. Yeah. Tonight I'm going to lick it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get my brother. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. One time I called my friend, uh, my friend Lewis's house to be like, hey, do you want to like go meet at the park or play or whatever? And his mom answered and I was like, is Lewis home? And she was like, who is this? And I was like, this is Dan. I'm his friend. And she was like, I thought you were his football coach. And I was like, I'm nine. That's yeah. great. Uh, but you recorded your album here in Philadelphia. Trocadero, man. That was like, yeah. there was a reason I did my, uh, that was a hour special for Comedy Central that nobody saw. So please go download it on iTunes. Because it's funny, man. You want to talk about like being on a show like Billions and there's all these shows out here. Yeah. It's crazy to see how no one does really appointment television anymore. And I, and I did an hour special for Comedy Central back in 2016. Mm-hmm. I released it. I saw it. Thank you. <laughs> and it, I, I filmed it here in Philly because I, I love doing shows in Philadelphia. And I was like, I want to do it at the Trocadero. And filmed it and put all this time and edited it. And then they aired it three times, and you're like, oh, "Cool, thanks, Comedy Central." That just so so we we just had a Kreischer, Burke Kreischer on yesterday. The best Trocadero show. I love yeah. Burke Kreischer. He's a the great, best. great guy. But they like he was here during the process leading up to it. I mean, people as a comedian, yeah. you know, the amount of work, then the, the the meticulous nature of putting together an hour special because you know that special is going to live on. Yeah, and and it's a representation of what is supposed to be. The absolute pinnacle of how you've polished this material. Yeah. So it's no, it's no small task. So, but but he he's you know he did it. The reviews were in. They're really good. So, I mean, he's yeah. awesome. I love Burke Crusher. And, and and he chose the truck. He loves the truck. Yeah, I uh, I chose it, and then I talked to Michael Ian Black did a special at the Trocadero, and I talked to him about it, and he's like, it's perfect. Yeah, he's like, it's perfect. And then we went in with Comedy Central to like look at it, and the second I walked in, I was like, yeah, this is. It's awesome. It's just yeah. a great venue in a cool place in the city, and it was it was it was such a just an honor to film that hour special here. I was so mad that more people didn't get to see it. Why then I think... did the Netflix half hour, and you're like, oh, that's where everyone's eyes are. That's where it is. That's well, where everyone's. Why do you think it got short shrift initially? Why? why... Because I, I honestly I love Comedy Central. And yeah. the, the, you know we're on Comedy Central Radio for the bonfire. Yeah. But I honestly think that they have not evolved in any way okay. to stream. They have a catalog. Of what I can only describe as the be- like yeah. the greatest catalog of comedy specials from the mid nineties. Yeah, and yeah. You can go back and watch a Patrice O'Neill Comedy Central presents a Nick DiPaolo, yeah, a, a David Tell when David Tell's finding his voice. Yeah, there's all these great things, and it's like put it 
online. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Including me. I have an hour and a half of specials with you guys. Put it online. It's like, it's so frustrating. And uh, watch me, then Viacom be like, well, <laughs> the bonfire is done. Uh, but it, it really is a thing where you're like, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, how did HBO, Showtime, all these, Hulu, Crackle, a, co- a coffee company figured it out before you guys. Yeah, yeah. And you're Comedy Central. It's very frustrating because it's like, I was so proud of it. I was so proud to come here and film that special and, like, the time I put into it and all that care. And then it's like, eh, didn't I see you on an hour special two years ago? And you're like, yeah, it's just a thing I've worked the hardest on. <laughs> it's fine. I guess I'll just go over here and have sex with myself. <laughs> Well, they spent money on it, too, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Netflix came in and was like, we got way more money. What do you got? Let's do a half hour. And you're like, okay. The Netflix-, Netflix came in like a like a rich sugar daddy. It was like, eh, we don't think you want to be with them. You're like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like you. I like you so much. I want to go to the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah. They whisked me off my feet. And I was like, whatever, I'll sign this contract. But uh, you know what? It's an amazing thing because I was watching a, uh, a, a documentary, I guess it's a part of a documentary about out, that initial business model of Netflix with the DVDs being sent, yeah. and then when you thought, okay, man, they are they're on their way out. There's a death rattle. Turn it around, and they are a juggernaut. I mean, now. they moved it from they went from being like, uh, who told you guys this was going to be a good idea? <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, are yeah. you a Martian? Are you from the future? How did you know? It changed yeah. everything. But it did. But that's why, like. Credit to HBO and, like, Showtime and stuff for immediately being like, okay, we got to just do that, too. Like, yeah. now HBO's yeah. like, now you got HBO Go. So don't yep. worry. You can see everything. Just, like, I love Hard Knocks. I yeah. love Hard Knocks. Me, too. And I love that it's like you can watch the newest episode right on HBO Go right after it airs. Yeah. Like, if I miss David Arnold, I'm like, oh, it's just up there. Right? Yeah. So. yeah. So on the acting, on the, on the you know, you enjoy, you, I think you've said it, read an interview, you said it's the, the, the best job you've ever had. With it's, the, cra- it's a crazy yeah. job, and it's very fun, and I like doing it. I is, mean, is it something you see, uh, you know, obviously stand-up is, is, is pure for you. It's yeah, what you are. That's what I do, yeah. But, but, but still enticed by acting? Hell yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, there, there's a lot of stuff where it's like... Uh, it's just, it's a fun, it's a fun, I've had so many bad jobs yeah. that when you get a job like acting yeah. and they treat you good. Yeah. But, but I think with uh, with your particular situation, because it's kind of, it's almost like a side job for you. Yeah, yeah. That, that you, you don't have to, because you're not an actor, it's not like I have to take this job because it's a job that's offered to me. You can be a little bit more selective with the roles that you take. Do you feel that? Do you, I mean, or, or is it something that you, uh, you know, because you yeah. do have the safety net? There's, there's there's times where it actually works against me, and there's times that it works for me. There's times where I'm like, uh, I have to turn down, like, small roles because of stand-up. Yeah. Like, like I'm, you know, coming here or I'm on the road next weekend, or that kind of stuff. Well, they'll be like, you're filming Friday, and you're like, well, unfortunately, I have a contract that I can't get out of for these live shows. Also, I don't want to cancel those. Yeah. But then there are times where you're kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't really need to do this, but I want to do it. So, yeah, there's, there's some, some cool stuff. Um, Billions is also six months. And mm. it's, that's like six months where they're like, you're ours. Yeah. And yeah. Beyond stand-up and bonfire. We got you. And yeah. so that's like, that starts Monday where you're kind of like, oh. it's like being in the pocket of a mafia boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then they're like, we need you today. Where, yeah, where yeah. do you film that, by the way? Uh, they film in Brooklyn. They film in Brooklyn and Queens. Okay. So it's all in New York. There's a number of uh, shows that are there. Are there now, right? I mean, it's crazy, man. Yeah. We we're, we share the same soundstage as Ray Donovan now. Ah. And uh, Crashing Pete Holmes' show was the uh, same soundstage. I like that show. 
But I keep hearing from other comedians, like, it's not like that at all. I'm like, I don't care. What do you think? <laughs> What's your take? As, as he, uh, the God, bless, God bless Pete for getting people jobs. Yeah. I like comics working. Right. Okay, we'll, okay. we'll leave it there. Uh, vote for me for Senate. That was the most, <laughs> that was the most political you, you'll ever hear me. Old YKWD fans will know, I'll be corporate Paid Dan for by Dan yeah. Soder. <laughs> I just want to say what a fantastic job he's done bringing jobs to comedy. <laughs> he brings jobs for comedians. <laughs> Does it accurately portray? Watch comedian. Watch the documentary comedian with Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. that's like the best thing if you want to know what stand up's like. Okay, all right. And uh, how about this uh, drunk parents with uh, Alec Baldwin and Salma Hayek? I don't know. It'd be cool to know when that's ever going to be released. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. It was made. Is it, yeah. is it in stasis now? Or? I filmed in January of twenty sixteen. Salma yeah. Hayek. I was. I I had a scene with Alec Baldwin, and I had just gotten my heart broken. Uh, it's part of my joke on my Netflix special, but it's true. I, I got dumped before this blizzard. Right. And then the next week we filmed, I filmed it with Alec Baldwin and uh, Judah Friedlander, who's awesome, yeah. told me, was like, immediately when you go on set, tell Alec you know me. He's like, Alec, Alec can be cold, but if he knows that you're a comic, he loves comics. They worked on 30 Rock together. Exactly. So I walk in and we're in the makeup trailer together. I'm like, hi, Alec. Nice to meet you. I'm Dan Soder. Uh, I'm uh, friends with Judah Friedlander. He told me to tell you hello. And he goes, how is the world champ? <laughs> and I, like, I love that he said that. And I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah. But then, we, you know, you film all day. We're filming for like 14 hours in this diner. And I was super bummed out. Yeah. And I was like uh, heartbroken. And we sit down in between, you know, them repositioning cameras. And there's a plate of French fries. And Alec Baldwin just is like, what's going on? And I tell him, I'm like, man, I went through this bad breakup. And like, I miss her so much. And I just love her. And I tell him the story. And he's just like casually dipping these french fries in ketchup uh-huh. and at one point he goes someone got in her head and he's like taking a bite and i was like and i was like uh yeah i, I think i was like i think so it's my favorite part is that at one point he goes you know i went through a divorce in 2000 and i was like yeah yeah, 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 I think, yeah. pretty sure it was in the news i think i might have read about yeah. that but you had it but you had it wrapped up in seven years yeah, yeah. he was it was it was one of those weird things because he was so nice to me was he, was he? Like, yeah, yeah. And he was like he was giving me like crazy old hollywood advice he's like how old are you at the time i was 33 i was like i'm 33 he goes don't get married don't get married till you're 35 <laughs> keep your nut low i go what do you mean he goes keep everything affordable apartment whatever i have a big nut he was like, I have a house in the Hamptons. I have a lot of things I have to pay for. Keep your nut low. And I was like, yeah, sure, Alec Baldwin. That's, that's exactly what I'm going to do. But he was so nice. That's I ran good. into him in the West Village walking to the comedy cellar. He was walking his dog, and I was like, Alec, hey, you know, drunk parents. And he's like, you yeah. saw it, like, click, where he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, how are you? And you're like, good. But right. the movie, I don't know. I I'm, it's, uh, it, I'm, I would hope it comes out. So okay. It was fun. Yeah. It was a super fun thing to film. And it's cool. Dude, yeah, look, if all that it was ever generated is the French fry story, it's a win. I, love I mean, it really, it yeah. made me laugh out loud the second he someone took it. Someone got in their head. Yeah, when yeah. he said that, I was like, <laughs> someone got their head. It made me feel so good, because I was like, yeah, if I will if the shadow thinks so, <laughs> right, right. then how does it not? This guy sell. Oh. This guy's a seller. Always be selling. Always be closing. Oh my God! When Gary Glenn Ross, Jesus, is he? He's 
He he's got you. You're in a movie with some of the most formidable actors in the world, and you steal the movie. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, man. he's great. He's yeah. just like uh, it was. It was a weird thing. So when he, you know when people are like, he's been crazy on Twitter again. You're like, yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know a lot of crazy people that have been nice to me. Mm. Yeah, no. Listen, there's a lot of stuff that he does. I think is loony, but yeah. but I I think he's I think he'd be a blast to hang out with. Mm-hmm. That's what's crazy about the Billions cast is just everyone's like so normal and nice and cool. Yeah, it's like oh, this is weird. Everyone knows they have the good fortune of being on a show that's. Yeah. Popular and that's uh, that you and you will you'll like each other. That's uh, we were talking about the Big Bang Theory wrapping up. I mean, uh, on a level of having you know f- for for working actors and actresses, and Preston always says it. That's got to be the closest to like a nine to five. You, sh- you have a you, have you a, can a, actually uh, count on count, work. Yes, yeah. count on yeah. work. Yeah. You're showing up. It's work that you're you're pretty proud of. We assume they're making they're making good money. Oh, the money that yeah. you don't understand. How crazy that money is. <laughs> yeah. You don't understand that. How I know about that is uh, I'm a huge 49ers fan, and so is uh, comedian Al Madrigal. Yeah. And yes, I came to Philly last year when you guys beat the crap out of us. <laughs> yes, I sat in the rain and watched <laughs> everyone scream behind me, Oh, and nine. Y'all are oh, and nine now. Oh, y'all suck. And you're like, cool. Thanks, guys. Already hard enough being a Niners fan last season. Not having that Delco accent scream to the back of my head. Uh, yeah, like, hey, you guys. And Jay and Vecchione are literally high-fiving over my head. As, as, and I'm just sitting in wet denim like, oh, God, this better be worth the wall. Uh, but Al Madrigal, we, uh, we go to Niners games. When I go visit my grandma, I, I always like to catch like one or two Niners games a season out, right. out in the Bay Area. And he went, and I don't want to say the, I, I'm, I'm not going to, it's a guy from Law & Order that Al is friends with. And he's like, yeah, we flew up on his private jet. And I was like, what? And he's wow. like, yeah, dude, he's got Law & Order money. And you're like, oh, yeah, they play that all the time on USA. <laughs> yeah. That dude's just getting paid every time that runs. Yeah. A thousand times a day. These yeah. Big Bang people are living like oil sultans. <laughs> well, like, they're like, I guarantee they have a white tiger. <laughs> One of them has a white tiger. Oh and he's God. like a harem of, of something. They have huge rooms with just a chair in it. They go, I made my first billion working on a big Bang theory. <laughs> the syndication money pays for the oil pumps. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's true. It's yeah. crazy money. So when they're like wrapping up, you're like, oh, you have to have so much money just to be like, guys, let's call the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To go home, yeah. guys, let's go home. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Scrooge McDuck in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little winded. Let's yeah. stop this. I'm gonna go take a bath in thousand uh, dollar lotion. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that's just what I feel like doing. Yeah, it's crazy money. Yeah. Well, you'll be you're on the right path ah, to get man, there, my man. I'm just trying to get my mom a new yeah. forerunner. Yeah. Yeah. You're not low, man. <laughs> I'm going back to Colorado garbage. I keep you. Yeah, keep your nose low. Get your mom a forerunner. Uh, not a new one. A 2015. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> my mom has the new one. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I got, that's what I tell my mom. My mom's like, Dan, I was in a car accident. I need a new car. Alec Baldwin told me to keep a low nut. <laughs> <laughs> is that a me too? You're like, no, it's financial advice. Oh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Baldwin said that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be really funny if I just cash my chips in on a me too moment. I'm like, he told me to keep my nut low? <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> uh, we're pretty sure it's fiscal advice. I was like, no, I, I think it was sexual. Thanks for making it in, man. Yeah, love seeing you guys. Thanks love for having, having me here. on. Give Jay yeah. our best, obviously. Absolutely. Give him a big old sloppy kiss on the cheek. Love it, man. Appreciate you being here. Dan Soder, everybody. Yeah. Hey, Back in just a moment. Stay with us. 
Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I don't know if this guy will make it into the Hall of Fame or not. Uh, at least with his teammates, he certainly won't. And probably with the Bills, definitely not. Uh, but Vontae Davis, now listen, I don't know squat about football and their players and their relationships to the teams and so on and so forth. I don't, I very on the lightest, lightest bit even follow the sports. Just me. It's who I am. Uh, You're a hockey guy. I am a hockey guy and I'm a golf guy. Yeah. But anyhow, uh, in the middle of the game, over the weekend, he, not only did he pull himself out of the game, he quit the team. He quit the league. He has retired <laughs> from football in the middle of he the game. He retired in the middle of the game. Yeah. He, he put on his jeans, got into his street clothes, and left. Yeah. And they were still playing. Yeah. Halftime. Uh, crazy. Yeah. And according to uh, the coach, Sean McDermott, he said he pulled himself out of the game. He communicated to us that he was done. Uh, they asked if he had been benched or was hurt, and his answer was nope. He said, when I get back in uh, to his office, we'll continue to communicate on what exactly is going on out there, and we'll go from there. I wish I had a better answer for you right now, and I'm just being up front. Um, so he, he – now, he did release a statement. Yes. About it. After the fact. Yeah. He usually would fact. release a statement prior to retiring. Yeah, yeah, but he, he did say that, uh, that he's got a reason behind it, but before we get to that – uh, we have one of his teammates yeah, commenting Lorenzo, on this. Yeah, Lorenzo. So they Alexander. lost the game, right? Yeah, they lost. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were losing 28-6, so they were getting spanked right. at, at halftime. Yeah, they, they don't have a good team this year. Um, so anyhow, this is uh, Lorenzo Alexander uh, commenting on that. Here we go. Never have seen it ever. Pop Warner, high school, college, pros, never heard of it, never seen it. And it's just completely disrespectful when to the, uh, his teammates. Did he say anything to you? Did, did, did he say anybody did? He didn't say nothing to nobody. He left? When did yeah, he you know as much as I know. I know I found out going in the second half of the game. Huh? Uh, coming out, said he said he's not coming out. He retired. It's a revenge. What? Yep. That's it. He's not coming out. You go to take the field. He's retired. Hey, where's Vontae? Oh, he retired. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? He's, he's tired? No, he retired. He won't be playing the second half. He he retired from the game. Brothers, uh, talk about burning a bridge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, he's done. He doesn't. He doesn't care anymore. Yeah, but he's, yeah. he's finished. Still. There's so, a way you do it, though. Well, do you want me to read this? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right. So he wrote, uh, "This isn't how I picture retiring from the NFL, uh, but today on the field really hit me uh, fast and hard, and I shouldn't be out there anymore." Oh, yeah, here, let me read this. It says. Uh, uh, I'll, let me backtrack. This yeah. is now I picture retiring from the NFL, but in my 10th NFL season, I've been doing what my body has been programmed to do, get ready to play on game day. I've endured multiple surgeries and played through many different injuries throughout my career, and over the last few weeks, this was the latest uh, physical challenge. Uh, but today on the field really hit me uh, fast and hard. I shouldn't be out there anymore. I meant no disrespect to my teammates and coaches, but I hold myself to a standard. Mentally, I always expect myself to play at a high level. But physically, I know today that isn't possible. And I had an honest moment with myself while I was on the field. I just didn't feel right. And I told the coaches, I'm not feeling like myself. I also wondered, do I want to keep sacrificing? He said, and truthfully, I do not because the season is long. And it's more important for me and my family to walk away healthy than to willfully embrace the warrior mentality and limp away too late. 
Uh, this was an overwhelming decision, but I'm at peace with myself and family. I chose to be grateful to God for allowing me to play the game that I've loved as a boy until I t- uh, turned 30 years old. I choose to be grateful to God for being a part of the NFL and making lifelong friends over this last over the last decade. Uh, there were roadblocks and pitfalls along the way, and I'm grateful to God for all of it because he doesn't promise any of us an easy journey. Lastly, I'm grateful to God for what he has in store for me ahead in this next chapter of my life. I so, mean, it makes it's okay yeah. listening to, to what he wrote, but, I mean, <laughs> to just well, walk out in the middle of the game. I mean, he could have probably just said to the coaches, like, hey, I can't play I the can't, rest I, of the game, and yeah. then retire after the game. Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. Because right. then, then, then the players are not, because you know, they, they knew immediately he retired. Yeah. And and so now they're they're playing a game and then dealing with that. It, it had to been. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I, I feel horrible. I, I, I can't. I'm or whatever. He sits off to the side, and then they talk about it later. Anybody in the game and go, I guess he's injured. He's sick, or something's wrong. Yeah, it's okay. But when you're on the and everyone's what? like, what? But wait a minute. Who? But but who told the team that he retired? Somehow it made Coach? its way to the... Uh, yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah. If he didn't tell the team, then that wouldn't be his fault. Right, you know right, right. I mean? But if the coach came out and said, dude, retired. Yeah. You know, Did I mean, he the, tell anybody? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea how it played out. But listen, if he got out there and he doesn't feel right, and he thought maybe something bad was going to happen to him, maybe it was... How much, how much longer him. play? Uh, it was a half. A half hour. Right. Half All right. hour. Well, I, and not even that, because he, he only plays on one side of the ball. But So finish it up. And then, then you do it. Have Not you... if you don't feel right, though. Not if you feel that, that... If they were playing against those rhinos that are in Black Panther... It doesn't Panther, matter. It doesn't then matter. Then maybe. For your mentality, if you think, man, I got a bad feeling about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know? touched a Dybbuk box. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, the, no, listen, there... Uh, then you get out of it, man. There was a guy who it's played... It's your life. There's you know? a guy who played yeah. for the Eagles who, ha- who suffers from anxiety and... This was kind of a thing for him where, I mean, he didn't show up to the stadium. Yeah. And it was because <laughs> of his his anxiety. So, like, you know, this obviously football is a very, very physical game, but it is super mental. So, like, you know, maybe he had, you know, some sort of anxiety about it that, that kept him from going back out into the field, finishing the game, finishing what he started. Now, as a, as a parent of children who play sports, yeah. you know, it is incumbent upon me to try and teach them values and, 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 responsibility. and responsibilities and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've, you know, I've, uh, you know, like my son when he was wrestling, you right. know, his, uh, his buddy quit. Uh, and then, so he wanted to quit and I was, and I really wrestled and struggled with like whether or not I let him, I'm like, all right, what am I teaching him about life? And blah, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. it's like, there are these, but this is a full grown adult here who can make his own decisions. He's already in the game. He's, He's already, already played most, you know, at least half of the game. I've never heard of this it, before it, in my life. I've never heard of it. No one has. Yeah. So, so to press to your point, if, if he did have a, 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 a bizarre a, a premonition or something yeah. about Or an epiphany, you know, or an epiphany. Okay, but but there needs to be more explanation. I mean, I, I, I had a dream last night where a, a lightning bolt. Well, <laughs> if he wanted to think about it that yeah. way, he could have just he could just told him, "Look, I don't feel well. Uh, something's wrong. Right. I don't feel right. I got to right, I got to right. fa- I can't play the rest." Also, of the it wouldn't Kathy, hurt to so, wait. It wouldn't that? hurt to say suit to say suited up and, and just still remain there, and then after the game leave. Yeah, he, he left halfway through the game. Yeah, yeah. Have you? But haven't you wanted to like? 
just quit a job and like walk out right on the spot. Like maybe that was maybe he was like, this is how I'm going to quit the NFL. Like, I just want to walk out on the spot. I had a a cousin who wanted he never did it, but he forever was like, I want to go and get a job at either Burger King or McDonald's (laughs) just so that I can quit and jump over the counter and leave. See what it was like. Like he wanted to just quit on the spot, (laughs) jump over the counter and leave. I, I quit mid job one time. Did you, you really? did? Yeah, really? yeah. It was, it was, were, you, was it, were you were you having an altercation or were you just yeah? Uh, yeah the manager was yelling at me. Right. And, and listen, we were doing a lousy job. <laughs> <laughs> in hindsight, we if I was him, I would have been bitching at me too, and it was totally my fault. But he had, he had yelled enough to where I'm like. F you, I'm out of here. And I and I left. I, Music's my life. I threw my apron on the ground and yeah. I took off. And and uh and my buddy Chet was with me too, and he quit at the same time because we were both getting reprimanded. It was a mutiny. But Chet later on, like a couple hours later, went back and asked for oh, a shot. And Chet so went sorry. on to become a famous gynecologist with incredible hair. How about Dr. that? Dr. Chet Rainwine. That's right. And then, so, no, I just, I, I never went back. See, I think that would be, like, that would be fun. I would never do that now when I'm an adult. Um, you can't do that. But, like, it, as a kid, if I would have thought back, like, I, I remember I just stopped showing up to my one job when you, I was like, you, you, you ghost it. You know, that, that, most ghosted. people ghost a job. But, like, yeah. when you, you're like, you just don't show up. But if you I think the most dramatic job to walk out of is being a pilot. Oh god! <laughs> An airline pilot. Yeah, I'm out of here. We were out to dinner um, at this Chinese food restaurant uh, that is very, very spicy. Like everything is a ten, and you have to tell them if you want it to be a two. Oh. Um, and we're we're eating dinner, and my uncle and I are the only ones eating, and we've noticed everyone's quit, and they and no one's come around and given us water in a while. And I mean, quit like nobody's eating anymore. Nobody right. in our on our party is eating anymore. And and we're all kind of sweating, and nobody has any water. And we realized that our waitress had quit mid-service. Ah, wow. So no one was coming over to help us. Wow. She, I, she had the last of the, of the crappy customers, and yeah. you guys drove her out of there. Oh, that's great. What do you mean, f- uh, a 5.8? <laughs> I had a friend. The little the, one. She's the trouble at the table. He got arrested for smoking pot outside of the restaurant in the middle of his uh, uh, of his shift. He didn't necessarily quit, but somebody else quit for well, that's being fired. That's being fired. No, no, no. That's being arrested. Oh, nobody even knew. Okay, funny. I've seen other people quit, and you're you're like in the middle of a rush. You know, in the restaurant days, it's like, dude, Dave just quit. What? What, what do we are, to do now? Uh, we got tables because. Yeah. What are we and therein lies the point, Preston. <laughs> yeah. There's collateral damage to your rashness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. Everyone right. hopes that you're going to hear like some '80s style Top Gun music start to play. Oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, no. You get out to the car yeah. and it's like, all right, what am I going to do? Oh my god! And then you, you forgot your your visa bill sitting on the passenger seat. <laughs> I got like the rest of the day yes. to kill, and I have nothing to do. Yeah. I'm out of here. Take your drill bits and shove them. Everybody slows up you out. <laughs> Way to go, Paula! <laughs> Who was that flight attendant? Was it for JetBlue? I can't remember where he quit. Like he's, oh, and he, 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 he opened the, the door, but yeah, the slide, and he slid out of the plane. He ended up paying like 15, 20 grand for that. <laughs> yep, yeah, he, he got fined. Worth it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <you> t- <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe. Uh, I will go to Dave. Hey, Dave, good morning. Hey, uh, you guys rock. Thank you. Um, So uh, I used to work at a psych hospital in the area, and uh, we had somebody start as a tech. It was her first day, and uh, she was checking in a patient. We worked on an aggressive unit. Mm -hmm. So she brought the patient to the room and had their bag in there and checked in all their belongings, and then she got yelled at by somebody on the unit. 
said, you know, that's like really dangerous. That person could have killed you. You had no idea what they had in their bag. And between getting yelled at and like the risk that she didn't realize she was in, she was like, you know what? I'm taking my break and I'm not coming back. <laughs> I like the way you put that. I'm going to take, take my, my break, break and I just won't be back after yeah. that. I'll, so I'll go, go to the cafeteria and have a donut and a coffee and then I'm leaving. <laughs> right. Yeah, like you really didn't need the break. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you get paid for that, you know? And listen, to get yelled at on your first day, if you haven't been fully trained on stuff, that's just not cool. No, you but we've been, I mean? I've been there. You, you, you know, you Thanks don't know. You, really, you need to sort of cultivate someone a little bit before you start ripping them a new one. Yeah. I bet that happens yeah. in that field a lot, though. Probably. Like, you know, you know listen, get scared. Like a, a new surgeon's going to lose a few oh, people you mean, in the beginning. You mean somebody showing up and not knowing, I didn't know that the job entailed this. Or just like, I'm just saying, like, in, in that field, you know, in, yeah. if when you're dealing with, you know... Mentally unstable yeah, people or like something? Yeah, like a psychiatric yeah. unit, I would imagine, you know, some people who aren't tough enough or, or can't oh, yeah. handle it well, probably it, it takes a, It takes a special breed of person. But, in police officers, jobs. yeah, go ahead. Out on, on, on the first, when they hit the street and they're seeing, you know, you can do all the practice you want, the ride alongs, but when it's you out on the street, it's it's it's, it's a whole other world. I quit. I was a ball boy for the Philadelphia Eagles and I, I got homesick and I went That's home. That's right. We've heard this story and I, I would tell you this it's funny because I know this had a, sort of an impact on your life. Yeah. I, I sense a lot of regret. Yeah. I see, I got I got yelled at. Um, I was, I, you know, I, I lived in the dorm. With the players and all the other um, yeah. you know, the workers for the team, it, you know, and it just it, it was a, a couple of different things that happened. Like I was the new guy, so I wasn't like cool, and everybody else got to go out, and it, I had to it was, stay in. Wasn't it the basis for the the movie Remedial that we had? <laughs> possibly? <laughs> it was a follow up to Invincible, possibly Remedial. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, do you regret it? Uh, yeah, 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 big time. Yeah, well, I, well, I mean, do you, you, as you were saying, what you'd tell your son when with the wrestling thing? Mm-hmm. Do you wish? You know, you were able to give that advice to yourself about sticking with it. Maybe, maybe. I, I just, I, I was homesick. Yeah. I, I was like crying in my dorm room by myself. I wanted to go. I was 12 years old, living with a bunch of grown-ups. Yeah. I had gotten yelled at by my, um, like my, my direct boss because yeah. I had accidentally locked the keys in the car. Uh, there was a van, yes. and the team was doing a dizzy bat drill, right? You yeah. know what the dizzy bat uh-huh. is, right? It was a relay race. And whatever team won the relay race, they won all of this beer. Well, all of the beer was in the back of the van that I had locked the keys in. <laughs> and so, like, he was super pissed at me, and I got yelled at, like, ream. Not like, dude, what do you got? You got to think more. No, he, like, yelled at oh me. And I was like, I want to go home. <laughs> well, that's not cool. A, yeah. An adult yelling at a little kid. And I know the guy. <laughs> like, you don't get a job like that unless you know somebody. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I was, and so I went home. And, yes, so I believe um, the, uh, the, the lore yeah. was that the Eagles were playing a, um, a uh, preseason game in London. And they were going to take me to that preseason game in London. And I didn't know that. And I left. And I went home. Uh, so yeah, but listen, you know what? Things work out. Listen here, and here's the deal. And you had said earlier, Casey, about teaching kids mm-hmm. uh, the um, responsibility and ownership, and and so yeah. on. And and I, I think there's a difference between um, quitting something because you're bored, yes, yeah. and quitting something because you don't like it, because you hate, because you hate it. And I am if if you don't allow people to leave something that they hate, yes. then are you sending the message of, 
Sorry, you're just going to have to suck it up. Crap that you don't like. Yeah. I think there's a there's a there's a there's a balance. There yeah. is a balance. There's a balance I because agree. you you have to you you have to learn right that so, you will have to suck some things up, and it's not always going to be roses. So when when my kids did you know dabbled in baseball and, and basketball and a few sports here and there, if they got bored at some point in the season, we're like, I don't think we're finished. No, you signed up for this, and we're going to finish the season. Now after that. Rock on. You don't want to play basketball anymore or whatever it is. That's fine. But we're going to finish the season. You haven't gotten hurt. Nobody's being mean to you. It's not that situation. So we're going to finish this. If now, we're yeah. the other way around. If somebody was getting bullied. Yes. Or they just absolutely loathe being there. That's a different situation. It's another issue. You, yeah. can, you, yeah. cannot, you cannot like things in life. But then yeah. you all start to say, listen. When you're away playing these games, it's the only time I get to nail mommy. Yeah. Come on. Right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I got Daddy live. needs some loving. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so if my child is crying before every practice and, you know, I'm, okay. It's not worth it. Yeah, then, no, because then I'm a terrible parent. All right. Scarring <laughs> my child. Uh, Zach, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Hi. Thank you, Zach. What's going on, bud? I worked at a veterinary pharmacy for two years, and... You know, we spend eight hours a day on our feet pulling medications off the shelves. And this one girl, uh, it was her first day in. And, you know, about two hours in, she goes to the manager and asks, hey, uh, can I go outside and get uh, my more comfy pair of shoes? And the manager's like, sure. And we waited <laughs> and we waited. <laughs> And she did not come back. Oh my wow. gosh, that's awesome! What? Those must have been really comfortable shoes. I just had to. There's a place every, in Milan that sells them. Every time we get a new hire, we would say, "Oh, is she going to go out for shoes?" <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it's worth though to you know Thanks, where you just at least go to the the person and say, "I I'm doing this now, and I realize this is not me, and I'm going to be a debt yeah. at, le- at least apprise them of that. Especially if it's, you know, you, you need to medicate a cat that's going to get, you know. Yeah, but you know, when they're, they, when they're young, you, you they're don't not know. thinking yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just going to walk out. Yeah. Uh, let me go to. I'm in over my head. Let me go to Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, how are you? Good. So did you quit a job one time, walked out? Yeah, so years ago, I was 16. I worked at Burger King. Um, a lot of people didn't show up that day. Um, they had me work in the drive through and the front area all by myself. I, uh, was apologizing to everybody. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, it's taking so long. Um, this lady pulls up next person in the drive through starts screaming, cussing, yelling at me and asked me why I didn't come out and tell her why it was taking so long. I said, what do you want me to do? Jump out the effing window? (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably not in their protocol handbook. (laughs) I'm supposed to tell you that. And I took the soda. She's like, let me talk to your manager. I said, you can talk to my manager. I I said, here's your goddamn soda. And I threw it through the window (gasps) into her car. Oh, my God. I, oh my God! Well, but you were just holding true the, to the habit your way. <laughs> yeah, I just lost my mind. I was sixteen. I didn't like the job. I smelled. I my best friend had just started with me the two days before. She said I cussed the whole way. I ended up quitting. I had to clock out. I got in my car and I chased the lady down Kirkwood Highway. Wow! <laughs> well, hey, Elizabeth, I lost my mind. Elizabeth, yeah. so that was that was quite a few years ago, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm okay, so now. what what do you do now? <laughs> I probably shouldn't. Say. <laughs> I'm actually 
actually, I work with kids with disabilities. <laughs> but you see, you turn, listen, you guys know this. And, 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 and you work in the food service industry, and uh, you get, as they say, in the weeds. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you've got oh, things God. coming at you from all directions. My well, wife did it for years. It, it's mental torture. Especially especially fast food, because, as the name implies, it's you get it quick. And, and it's got to be. And if it ain't quick, yeah. people are going to let you hear about it. I, I'm curious if anybody has ever, you know, she talked about yelling back at a customer. I wonder if they've ever done it through the speaker, yeah. you know, through the drive-through speaker. Right. Just get into it with yeah. somebody over that. That you, would be pretty damn funny. Do you know what's diminished that a fair amount is the fact that now as you order, you can get a readout of what you would ordered right on the screen. So yeah. it does minimize the conflict at the window. Well, That's I also... You know, I don't always go in guns a-blazing, right, if right. I'm upset about my service or, or how long things have taken. Now, listen, I, I was at a fast food place within the past year where I was second in line, and it took me about 20 to 25 minutes to get a burger. And, I mean, I could have, you know, lost my crap on this guy, but I said, I said to him, I go, is there any reason why it's taken 25 right. minutes to, to get my, my uh, sandwich? And he's like, no, it didn't take that long. I go, yeah. I go, I have it time stamped right here. I'm like, it really Perhaps did. Perhaps you don't realize I'm a former Eagles employee. <laughs> <laughs> but I could have been a jerk, or I mean a yeah. real jerk about it. No, you were simply Was, voicing your... Did it Did it end right there? Uh, what do you mean? With, with, with the, you saying, well, no, look at the timestamp. Did he apologize, give you money back, or give you an explanation? No, I got my burger, and it was a damn good burger, but uh, okay. was it worth 25 minutes in my car? You know? Yeah. No. Uh, let me go to Seth. We were talking about walking out in the middle of a shift. Hi, Seth. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. What's up, buddy? So when I was working at a Walmart, I was in the customer service section, and I was working with this guy who... Didn't really talk much. He really wasn't that kind of person who, like, uh, socialized with everyone. Right. And one day he sees this one guy in line. I don't know if he knew him or not, but he just jumps over the counter, chases this guy out of the Walmart, and then never shows up again. <laughs> wow. He chased the guy out and just wow. kept going. Out and then just never showed up again. <laughs> never called, never said anything. It was probably better that he did that and left because yeah. you were only looking at more. When you just out of the blue jump over and chase a customer out of the store. Oh, my God. Uh, you know. Steve, that reminds me of uh, the old uh, Chris Elliott bit on David Letterman, the fugitive guy. The fugitive guy. He'd be yeah, like yeah. a cameraman and all of a sudden he would just run out of the studio and hit yeah, somebody. Yeah, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> they never, what happened there? And they right. never explained what it was. I wonder if anybody in radio ever left dead air and just walked out and quit. Oh, I'll Call. guarantee you. Bill? Bill, Bill you, you know, know any, anybody? Any no. That? no. 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 <laughs> Uh, okay, I guess he's not coming over. <laughs> no, but I, I'm sure that's happening. Right? You know, well, that's... For, the, for the most part, in radio, that's why all of a sudden your favorite radio personality, poof, yeah, yeah. <laughs> will be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is the way it goes. Uh, I need to see you in my office. Yeah. And then they close the door and it goes, by the way, today was your last show. Right. Oh. And it's because that it, it that keeps it stop back. Yeah. It's, 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 it's rare. If someone's retiring and they're beloved and you got yes. the deal, then that's fine. They'll let them do the deal. If there is a if they're getting let if there's go. an issue, you don't want to give them access to a microphone. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going with polka. Yeah. <laughs> and they're gone. Radio stations, too. Entire radio stations will just disappear without warning. We've seen that happen Yes, before. we've been a part of well, it. Uh-huh. Except when we all got word and then everyone came in and went on the air. Oh, yeah. At 100. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, all right, one more call and then we got to take a break. Hi, Dave. Good morning. Hey, good morning, gang. 
Hey, what's up, bud? I walked out on a job less than five minutes after I started it. <laughs> okay. Yes. What job was this? I was hired to be a, a type of a sales rep for a manufacturing company. Okay. And went through multi-level interviews, even had to fly. The company even flew me out to their headquarters for an interview. I got hired. They had a room in a hotel where they hired three other guys at the same time uh-huh. where we were going to begin our training, go through the product lines, and et cetera. Walked in, sat down, and the super, the guy who was going to be my direct supervisor started off by saying, I have incredibly high standards. Everyone must live up to my standards. If you don't think you can live up to my standards, then you shouldn't be in this room. And that and you, and that was it. Thank, Dave, thank you for the for the uh, heads up. Uh, I I don't believe I can. I'm leaving. Yeah, Dave's cue, and that's when you walked up. That's like right out of a movie. That's pretty awesome, Dave. That was pretty much it. So I excused myself, walked out, never went back. I understand. I, I, my, we, had, we had a similar situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had we had a, a new company take over our radio station, and the first time we we meet the HR guy, yeah, we sit down. I'll never forget this in the conference room, and he leads with not. Hey, it's great to be a part of this company. We're really excited about the way things are going to go. He leads with, I like firing people. Yeah, right? yeah. What? Firing people means that we're making changes and we're <sighs> bettering the company. In so many words, he said this. And we're all looking at each other going, what a bold strategy. Did this guy just say that? You know, normally as employees, we'd be weirded out by that declaration. But yeah. we like your pluck. Yeah. <laughs> what did Liberace just say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of, you know, hey, this is going to be great. We're, this is going to be a great marriage between all of us here, and we're going to have wonderful success. No, now, like, I like to fire people. Occasionally, if your ass. someone underperforms, we have to go take certain measures. But we're looking forward to a communal effort and yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, what a turd. That was weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, but anyhow, interesting story out of the NFL. Vontae Davis of the Bills quits at halftime. Retires. Doesn't just quit. I mean, just his, he's done. He's finished with the whole football thing, period. So, uh, But thank you for your calls. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a break, right? Yep. Yeah, we got, right. Cool. So we'll we got, we got cool. So we'll come back. We got cool. We got cool. We got cool. I've done something like that so many times that I can't bust your balls about it. Uh, we'll come back in a second. We got cool. Stay there. We'll be right Grab the free MMR app for your phone. You can stream us live, get on-demand audio and video, and we can even send you alerts on really important stuff. Plus, it's Android Auto and Apple CarPlay compatible. The MMR app. Making your smartphone a little dumber. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. And this morning, it's presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings app and use code ROCK to get in on the action. Indeedly and undoubtedly bizarre. Let's start in Florida. And this is a pretty tragic, weird story. A SWAT standoff ended Friday morning after a troubled administrative law judge who barricaded himself inside a southwest Miami-Dade County home while holding three relatives hostage killed himself. This is a judge. Wow. Judge Timothy Mayer was arrested August 14th after allegedly threatening his ex-girlfriend with a gun in front of their two-year-old son at his home. 
Uh, the hostages were Anna and Jose Rodriguez and their 13-year-old daughter. How Officers old was this guy? Said they weren't injured. Uh, how old was he? You know what, Steve? Uh, I don't really know. Don't I don't know okay. offhand. I'll All see right. if it, it, maybe it's uh, later in the story, but I'm not sure. Uh, but apparently, uh, police and SWAT officers were called to the home late Thursday night. A negotiator was using a megaphone to communicate with Mayor. Officer said uh, Mayor eventually stopped communicating with ne- uh, negotiators. And then after the hours-long standoff, police officers heard a gunshot. They entered the home and found him dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The teenage girl and her parents ran out of the home. Uh, a police report shows that he was also involved in a recent road rage incident. According to that report, uh, he had followed another driver to his home uh, where he cussed him out and called him a racial slur. Police were also called to uh, the home, and the judge had claimed that the other driver had pulled a gun on him, but they searched that guy's car, and there was no gun there. Police said Mayor told uh, an officer at the scene that he was a federal judge and said there was uh there was cause for the officer to search the other man's house, but they checked with the state's attorney office, and they said there was no cause for search. So this guy was... Has gone off the rails. Yeah, yeah but he was a judge, and yeah. I actually had a story last week that never I never got to in the Bizarre File about this guy, but then he went and took his own life over the weekend, so very, Jeez. very strange stuff. All right, uh, what else do we have here? Okay, how about this one? A Texas man who survived a shark bite earlier this month has since developed... Flesh-eating bacteria. Oh, my God. Yeah. Infection. Necrotiz- what do they call it? Necrotiz- In his wounds. Necrotizing fasciitis. Uh, August 9th, Blaine Shelton was enjoying a solo dip in the warm water of the Gulf of Mexico, but his swim was painfully interrupted when a shark suddenly attacked him, <laughs> biting him just above the knee. Fortunately, he was able to swim to shore, and with the help of a friend, he flagged down a sheriff's deputy who was patrolling the area. Uh, based on the bite mark, an expert guessed that it was a seven-foot bull shark that had bitten him. That is the most deadly shark in the ocean. And they average between 200 and 290 pounds. They grow from seven and a half to eight feet long. They're common in the coastal waters of Texas. They're brutal. Uh, Shelton was treated at the University of Texas Medical Branch, and for four days, it was. A, they sent him home after that. Uh, but a few days later, his wound was painfully aching, so he returned to the hospital. He was likely infected with Vibrio vulfin, uh, vulf, vulnificus, which is a species of bacteria that thrives in warm coastal seawater. And it's often called flesh-eating bacteria because when it infects a wound, it causes the skin surrounding tissue to gruesomely break down and die, a condition so you, that's called necrotizing fasciitis. You survive, a, you survive a bull shark shark attack, and then yeah. you get this. So what is his prognosis? He's okay apparently now, uh, but if he wouldn't have been treated, it, it would have killed him for sure. Um, so they they warn people with any kind of an open wound, cut or abrasion to uh, stay out of seawater because there it's a portal of entry for the bacteria. So. And don't get bitten by sharks. And try not yeah. to be bitten it's probably, by sharks. Uh, though it seems safe, Yeah, don't do it. Uh, I saw this video footage. This is crazy. Shocking footage from a Russian nightclub shows a single man... Uh, attacked seven strangers last weekend, knocking most of them unconscious. I saw this footage. Oh my God! It's this. He's like the Terminator for he, Christ's sake. And he could have killed these people. One yes, guy's, it, one guy's in serious, serious condition. condition. Yeah, was he doing it with his fist? He was yeah. doing it with his fist. Now they're all they're all drinking at a nightclub, but still, he just like one right after another, bam, 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 yeah, Casey, bam, and he's just like one shot them. Yeah. Just, Boom! Out cold. And they don't know it's coming. And, well, no, they were, they were squaring off a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so the video uh, apparently captured at a club named Studio Private Place south of Moscow. Uh, bosses at the club have reportedly refused to comment on the footage. Uh, the 23-year-old is said to have suffered a fractured skull in the attack. A 20-year-old received a cut lip and head injury. The suspect could face up to eight years in jail for the assaults. 
Uh, the fight begins when two large men bump into each other on a crowded dance floor. One immediately punches the other who pushed him away. A flurry of blows later, and the first victim is out cold. The smaller man is then struck falling over and lying still in the center of the dance floor. One of the victims appeared to have been trying to stay out of the melee, and he was brutally laid out. As the crowd backs away, the attacker carries on knocking out a third man who then falls next to the first. And the man in a white shirt tries to calm him down, but he's punched and forced on the sofa. And then the guy keeps turns to a fifth man. He just keeps hitting people and just Casey knocking them out cold. One right after on another. Dance floor. And, you know, these are the, the people, the, the first guy's head, you can see it bounce right off the floor. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking right now at the video. There's four people laid out. Uh, just So this guy's going to jail. And but the can... story continues, Preston, and then a bull shark came into the bar. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. As if there wasn't enough it's going on. It's just crazy the world we live in. All right, then one last story, and we will end it. There is uh, a crap job available in in San Francisco. That's a complete waste, but it pays up to $185,000 a year for those who are interested. The city where Tony Bennett left his heart has an enormous feces problem. There's a lot of poop there. That has gotten so bad. <laughs> a lot of people are taking poops on the street. Officials decided to create a poop patrol to clean up the streets. To now, clean up the poop and the turds that are on the street that I love so dearly. A lot of poop. Up by the steaming poop. And it gets warm out there in the sun. Mm -hmm. And that poop starts steaming. Uh, Patrol applicants were few and far between. Like, so nobody was signing up for this. Come on, people. Clean Uh, up the city. Until it announced... There's poop for the taking. Until it was announced uh, the salary with benefits for the position would total almost $185,000. There you go. Yeah, are you kidding me? They have a horrific defecation, public defecation problem in San Francisco. Uh, I took a poop. In San Francisco, sing along if you know. The five-member team now... Because I couldn't control it. Walk up and down San Francisco. Started with the shark, and then I left my heart. <laughs> there it is. In San Francisco. <laughs> left my shark. I took in a shark, then left my heart in San Francisco. Uh, the five-member team now walk up and down San Francisco streets and sidewalks. What kind of uniforms do they wear? Uh, cleaning up human feces. I would dress them as... Um, Poop emojis? Uh, no, just because to make it something that's horrific, make it more pleasant. Make them like a, like in a barbershop quartet. Okay, nice. You know. Or maybe like Bo Peep or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Poop. they are now cleaning up human feces and uh, we're assuming... Uh, other feces yeah. as well. Like and vomit. Animal feces yeah. and vomit. And, and piss. Yeah. Can't forget piss. <laughs> piss, vomit, poop, it's all there on the streets of San Fran. Thank you. Where they got trolley cars and rice Uh Thank you, Tony Bennett, for... <laughs> you know, poop. Animal cars and rice and <laughs> Ah, uh, miss that city. Chinatown. Chinatown. Yeah, Poop-covered streets, piss everywhere. <laughs> Vagrants wandering around. It's wonderful. It's like Night of the Living Dead with hills. The wharf is just covered in Absolutely. Poop. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Everything, dogs pooping, humans <laughs> pooping. And that brisk air. And really? in the background, the Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, it's one of those things that we all do as human beings. We, we poop all in share. the city. So we, uh... Yeah, it's bringing people together. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. There is a screening of the movie Wildlife, and uh, it stars Carrie Mulligan and Jake Gyllenhaal. And while our guest in the studio is an incredibly accomplished actor, you will not see him on screen. However, his presence is felt because this is his directorial debut for the film Wildlife. Please welcome back to our studio, after six years, Mr. Paul Dano. (laughs) 
this morning. Good, Good to see you, Paul. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Listen, so your directorial debut, mm-hmm. and also you uh, wrote the screenplay or co-wrote the screenplay. Um, going into this, uh, what kind of expectations did you set for yourself? That's a big, big, big project. Um yeah, it is. Uh, and honestly, directing is such a long journey and such a big experience. I think you're just sort of setting expectations one step at a time. Okay. So honestly, at first, you're just trying to write a good script and set yourself up with a foundation that you can feel good on. Then you're just like trying to get the actors to say yes. Then you're just like trying to get the money. And we're and talking like, years and years. And we're talking about what about like four years? I would say so. I read I read a book called Wildlife by Richard Ford, who's an incredible American writer. Right. Um, probably 2011 or 2012, and started turning this thing over in my head, thinking, okay, can this be a film? Can this be a film for me? So do you immediately option it because you you like, oh okay I because I know how these things play and you want to make sure you have it correct? Correct. But I did not immediately option really okay it. yeah because I sort of wanted to make sure that I had something to offer it. Also, because I sort of do admire Richard Ford, I yeah. really wanted to sort of know that there was a film. You know, just a good book doesn't necessarily make a film, so why make a film of it? Um, and when I thought of the ending for this film, um, which is different than the book, that's when I optioned the book because I sort of knew the, the final shot sort of gave me the energy and the courage to, to sort of actually do it. It's very cool because I think when you take... So you and Zoe Kazan um, uh, co-wrote the, uh, the the screenplay, and, and it was, a, uh, from what I understand, it was a back and forth process. And that actually, you know, you, you kind of took a like a, a very long run at it at first, and she sort of helped you, you know, whittle it whittle it down and get get to that point. But um, you sort of got the blessing from the author of the book to just make it your own property. And, and w- at that point, when that happened, did that you have a sigh of relief? Because I think the onus would, or you'd feel sort of an. A, You'd have to be as faithful to the source material as you, as you, as you, and, and you know, to out of respect. But when he sort of cuts you loose, was that a yeah, breath absolutely. of relief? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, not not only because I like his work, but he basically said that uh, my book is my book, and your picture is your picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you great. Need to establish your own values, and that sort of immediately gives you permission to sort of follow now what the film is. Um, and, and you have to. He had the great bit of wisdom that you can't just sort of translate a book and, uh, you know, make it into a film. And and my, my partner and I, Zoe, you, you, you know, the sort of story there is that... Uh, I wrote a first draft. I secretly thought it was pretty good. <laughs> and then I gave it to her, and she right. quickly dissuaded me. Wow. As friends do. As good friends do. Yeah, this is not as good as you think it is. Yeah. 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 Did Richard Ford, the author, did he did he ever visit the set during filming, or did he stay away from all that? No, he stayed away. I mean, okay. we, we, we kept in touch via email. He writes the most beautiful emails. Uh, and we, we've been in touch. We just did a talk at Lincoln Center uh, the, the last week in New York. Um, he loves the film, so that means a lot. So a, it is it's a it's a story of a family and a family going through changes. And, and, and it's a funny thing because, uh, you know, a simple story told this way, families can provide your greatest sense of support and love and also your greatest conflict in life and your greatest, you know, your, your greatest issues to deal with. And, and and that's what you were looking to explore with this, correct? That's exactly it. Um, Richard Ford sort of captured a duality where he was able to look at this hard situation with a lot of compassion, a lot of love. That's certainly how I, you know, sort of um, grew up. We lived in a one-bedroom apartment in New York. My wow. family was close, but probably too close. Um, <laughs> you, you know, and when my parents struggled, we felt it, you know, uh, and it's sort of um, – I moved to a new town when I was 14 – 
to enter high school. At that point in your life, home is sort of the edge of the world. You know, you don't, I didn't yet have friends in that town. Yeah. Know? And so, so that is sort of what the uh, film is trying to express. It's really about a kid seeing um, uh, his parents change, their marriage change, and sort of just being like thrust suddenly into adulthood. Man, it's got to be wild. We moved when my sister was 15. Oh my God, it was the end of the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? That kind of drama. You know, you try to explain to people, uh, you know, these things, and it's like, wow, this sounds kind of silly. This really isn't as dramatic as it as it appears to be. But within your nucleus, within your family, it's incredibly dramatic, you know? Yeah, and that's something, you know, Richard Ford and I were talking last week, and, you know, the, the only way to write or make some, something is to, to make it about the most important thing in the world to you. Um, and for me, that's, you know, that's my family. This deal, so so you have you have uh, uh, Carrie uh, Mulligan and you have Jake Gyllenhaal there. They played the married couple. And uh, Ed Oxenbould, who I, I've seen before. We had him in studio. Yeah, him in studio. Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, very uh, talented, right? Is it the oh, No yeah. Good Day or whatever? Yes. Oh, he was in that, but he was also in an M. Night Shyamalan film called The Visit. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't like know if I had the brain for it. Yes. A little white kid who, like, raps or something. <laughs> yeah. He gets a yep. diaper jammed yeah. in his face. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's he's super talented. Uh, yeah. so, so, But he's he's watching sort of the, the, his, the, the marriage dissolved, uh, um, his dad has an occupation that uh, that um, is is impacted by a by a series of fires and so he goes to 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 fight these fires and the dad's off doing that and uh, the mom is kind of left to her own devices and she there there's an affair of sorts and mm. so things 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 go awry and, and and he's 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 watching that uh, and and uh, and it's the thing that I, I we were talking with um uh, Peter Hedges about this the director he was in on Friday talking about you know Ben is back these movies have to be tonally pitch perfect because if it goes one way it becomes too maudlin if it comes another way it becomes insincere and is that as for you as a first time director was that sort of very um very hard to keep on that tightrope well sure yeah i think exactly i certainly didn't want the film to overslip into melodrama right in fact i wanted to be pretty honest about it um and sort of show these people warts and all Mm -hmm. um and sort of look at uh the moment when we see that our parents are like real people, yeah, um, yeah, you know, with past lives and with flaws, and you know, it's a um, revelation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I think that I mean that happens a number of ways. First of all, casting the film really well helps, and I was very lucky to have Carrie Mulligan and Jake Gyllenhaal playing these parents. They're incredible actors. They were so trusting of me, and they, they're also the kind of actors who are sort of like all in, yeah, um, you, you know, on their work. So like the the, the sense of collaboration making a film is one of the things I love most about directing because it's sort of like playing in a band or something. You know, acting I find a bit more lonely where directing you are working with every single person on the set just trying to get the best out of them. You're being like a parent. You know, you're setting up the space for everybody to do their best work. What do you think Mm. this is going to do because now you're a director and I was reading an interview with you where you talked about how you now have you now you understand why people love actors while they have such an appreciation for it. You yourself as an actor, what will this do to you as an actor now having directed? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm actually really curious myself. Certainly, I've I've done one uh, acting thing um, since I made Wildlife, and uh, you know, I remember at the end of the day thinking this poor sucker has to go scout right now, or right. has to go you know yeah. do something at the next location, <laughs> right, right, yeah. or. <laughs> And I'm going to go home. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you just knowing know what, yeah. what it takes. And also, frankly, because I've been doing it for a while and I've, I've been fortunate in my career, having your eyes sort of refreshed and also seeing, like, 
the crew and knowing their experience on a more intimate level. Right. Um, it really takes a village, you know, and you're lucky to get to day one of photography alone. Um, and so really just sort of respecting and trusting the process, too. You mentioned your partnership with Zoe Kazan, and, and uh, she was here with you when you came in, in in July of 2012 for Ruby Sparks. Um, and you deferred to her, I guess, when it comes to the writing process. But what is that like when you have an idea and you really love your idea and then you give it to somebody else and they say, that's that's not bad. But I'm going to tell is it, it's just is it trust? Is it uh, how do you get to a point where you're like, all right. Her idea is better than mine. Well, it's debilitating first. <laughs> um, You're no, crippled. No. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? No. no. So in this case, it wasn't that somebody's idea is better. It was like, okay, this was my first time writing. Yeah. Zoe is a proper writer. She's written plays that have gone up in New York. She's written screenplays that have been produced. She saw what I was trying to do, but was like, I can. And, and also, frankly, we just couldn't get through a note session because um, yeah. we live together. And, and you, you, you have to sort of protect the relationship from, from <laughs> right. you know, a certain amount of conflict. So I think it, she was like, why don't I just do a pass? Because I think it's healthier for us than if we just fight through these notes. Okay. Yeah. And that turned out to be wonderful. Um, and it sort of opened up our process, which was we would talk about the script for two or three hours, then one of us would take it for a few weeks and sort of do a pass. So we each had our own process. And at that point, once you're into it, you're fighting on behalf of the characters and the film, so you're not fighting each other. You, you know, somebody has an idea, you believe in it, you talk about it, you get into it, and then time sort of reveals the right direction. Well, there, I was reading a review, and this is, I'd say this is a pretty good review. It says, impeccably acted, brilliantly written, confidently directed, and full of quiet desperation. It's rather magnificent so it is getting great reviews and and when these movies when these movies do work when they're these these family dramas i i love them they're they're compelling and and they also can give you insight into your own into your own situation um and you're talking about carrie mulligan who's getting rave reviews for this and just watching the the, the clips that we've seen you know it, it's it's a it's a performance like i don't i mean I, i'm a fan of hers i've seen yeah. her, you know in just about everything um and and obviously she she approaches with a lot of gusto. Those moments though, where you as a director, uh, like you're not moving the camera a lot, you're just mm -hmm. kind of letting it happen. Um, you know, to me that would it'd be such a hand wringing thing. How do I do this? How do I convey the subtlety of this? Mm -hmm. You know. Were there a number of passes, or did you just instinctively say, this is the way it's got to be? No, it was from day one a film that let's not move the camera if we don't have to yeah. for the moment. Let's not put score on it unless we have to. Let's sort of like... Um, Let it breathe? Yeah, and also just like leave them to hang out to dry almost, you know, yeah. because you don't want to be reductive about something like this, something as complicated. My feeling is... I've always loved the illusion of simplicity, like something that looks simple but is really not, you know. And it was something I said to my crew even was like, it's like we're trying to make a film that's like sushi. Like it looks simple. Quiet moments. It's not. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's actually beautiful and, you yeah. know, it's hard to make. And, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I like And that. you can kill people if you don't make it properly. So, oh, yeah, like, there you go. Okay. I like the analogy. <laughs> um, all right. So the, the kind of getting away from the film but sort of staying in that, right. in that column. Right. I love Mumford & Sons. They're like one of my favorite bands. Carrie Mulligan is married to Marcus Mumford. Yeah. Did Marcus show up at all? Oh, sure. Did oh, he? Yeah. yeah, we hung. Yeah, you we, made his day. We, yeah, we, we would go uh, hit some golf balls, hang out. We were in Oklahoma. We were sort of in, not I don't want to say the middle of nowhere, but... Mm -hmm. You were in the middle of nowhere. You were in the middle of nowhere. Bum F. <laughs> Bum F, as they call it. And, um, uh, but that's also one of the beauties about making a film on location is this feeling of like summer camp. 
So, you know, Carrie and I have known each other forever. Jake and I have known each other, known Marcus forever. You know, there's something nice about the only people you have to lean on are the people you're there working with, and, and it's super fun. Right. Is uh, Are they a part of the soundtrack at all? Uh, they are not. Okay. I do think they have a new record coming out soon. They do. Yeah, I'm going to go, go yep. hang out at MSG uh, in December. If you're just tuning in, uh, Paul Dano is here, writer and director of uh, Wildlife. Going back to, uh, you know, what Steve was saying about first-time um, directing. You had to have at some point, though, in preparation for this. And I was looking at IMDb. You only have one directorial credit, Mm -hmm. and that's this one. You had to have played around a little bit. Did you do any projects on your own, just trying things out at first? Yes, sure. I mean, in high school, I almost went to film school. I had already started acting. I sort of felt like I'm in that world enough. Let me just step away from this weird Hollywood world for, for school for a second. I made a short film, probably in my mid-20s, 16-millimeter camera, just for a couple of days, just to, yeah, sort of get my feet wet. But also, I've wanted to make films for so long. Um, I do feel like, as an actor, there is a process of osmosis that happens sort of on set. You know, I'm usually focused on my character, but I love film so much, it's dictated a lot of my acting career, meaning I sort of want to work with directors who excite me. Yeah. Um, that's I, the best feeling. So. You have a good a good record with that. And I've heard... It's said many times that that you know when when it when a uh, an accomplished actor directs that the actors who work for that actor director love it because there is a, there's a language that you share that maybe a director wouldn't share with actors and was that your experience with uh, with your your cast in this case I hope so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah of course I mean I'm there you know I want to give them their dream experience you right. know I've been there I've been on many different sets I know the vibe. One of the things I definitely took away from a lot of the films I've done is the sort of idea of, like, the temperature on set. I love, as an actor, when you walk from your trailer, you arrive at set, and there's a feeling. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's a feeling. It's 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 part of making the crew care about what we're doing, that every shot matters, that the guy pushing the dolly, you know, is in the scene. And you just want to create a vibe for people to, like, do their best work. And that's really fun to give these great actors that opportunity. So the last time we had you in, you were promoting the the film Ruby Sparks. And this was on the heels of There Will Be Blood. Mm. And you worked with Daniel Day-Lewis. I I was watching Phantom Thread yesterday. It's been making its way on cable. Mm. It's a very, very slow-paced movie. But I I continue to watch it every time I come across it because he is so good. I mean, he's just, I don't know if there's anybody as good as he is because when I watch him, I I believe everything that he does. (laughs) Do do you you know what I mean? Watch watch Lincoln Mm -hmm. and then watch Gangs of New York back to back. (laughs) And then you're like... So yeah, yeah. how is this the same person? You from, know, from it's unbelievable. I, from what I read is uh, you you essentially got that part on There Will Be Blood because he recognized your work in a previous film. I mean, what kind? That's got to be the biggest one of the biggest compliments you've ever received. Yeah. So I got to work with Daniel when I was nineteen on a film called The Ballad of Jack and Rose, and um, that was sort of actually the turning point for me in in saying. I'm going to be an actor. Um, I'd gotten to play a couple parts in films before that, but kind of more close to who I am, like maybe just like a little bit more of like a dorky, you know, like <laughs> right, wearing yeah. glasses. And, and I was like, I don't only want to yeah. play... Um, uh, yeah, gosh. shoot. I, yeah, shoot. Gosh, diggity shoot. dang. I don't only yeah. want to play yeah. that. And yeah. when I got cast in this film, yeah. um, somebody saw me as playing a character, and that was like the vote of confidence I needed. And being on set with Dana Day-Lewis and Catherine Keener was so inspiring and that's when i was like okay i'm i'm all in on this job it's i think a real punch to everybody if daniel has walked away 
from acting altogether because he, I just, he's just so good. I know, but that's choice. That's yeah. just, it, it and is he got a choice. great deal through Amway. They've offered him a uh, <laughs> a thing that's going to work out nice. Apparently, he's very, he's very, he's absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you can write that off. I watched a movie recently that you're in, uh, Love and Mercy, with, mm-hmm. about Brian Wilson, and it's a, uh, an interesting movie. I didn't quite know what to expect. There are several different actors playing Brian Wilson in it. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like, and, and did you have a relationship or learn anything for Brian or talk to him about it? Yeah, I think that's the best time I've ever had acting. Uh, um, Brian is a really special guy. Um, it's, it's the story of Brian Wilson, by the way, as and you play him as as the the as younger Brian Wilson yeah. around the time of the recording of Pet Sounds, and John Cusack plays him later on in life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for somebody who struggles so much, Brian, uh, he's got an incredible amount of light inside of him. And frankly, studying that music for six plus months was one of the greatest gifts I've had from work. I just felt. So in love uh, with what he's giving us through the spirit of this music, um, and it, I miss it. It's a great movie, and I just I just saw uh, that your film after seeing a documentary called The Wrecking Crew, in yeah. which in which they sing. They and I told Preston, I you know, and, and I think I think you've seen it since then. Oh right? yeah, and 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 they talk about recording with Brian Wilson, and they, these guys, these were the, the top 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 studio musicians, and they said, and then there's Brian Wilson. Yeah. And his and his genius level was off the charts. And I think you uh, the sequences where you're recording in the film and you specifically caught what I imagined, you know, it would have been like outside of the documentary. It was an amazing performance. That's very nice. Yeah. And that's frankly, we were in the studio that he actually recorded Pet Sounds in back in 65. Wow. And at that point, you're just trying to summon the spirits and let them pass through you, you know. Um, yeah. But that is so moving that these brilliant music, the Wrecking Crew, they were the best. They were the best session musicians in town. Yep. And Brian was their guy. They were yeah. like, that's the guy. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. So uh, Wildlife, uh, I think you mentioned, is opening in Philly in, uh, on the 2nd. Yep. Um, what What are the challenges of marketing a film like this when it doesn't have explosions? And you know what I mean? Where, uh, against the mass market of people going to see films. How do you make it stand out? How do you get people in the theater to go see it? That's a great question. Um, we ask you guys to, you know, to, <laughs> that's why you're here. To stump it for us. Uh, yeah, we go, you know, we you see know. trailers sell it for us a, a yeah. lot of times, and and you can get excited about a film when you when you well, see a trailer, and you know, and and do you have anything to do with that? Well, sure. Yeah. Look, okay. I mean, I believe personally, though, you know, listening to me talk on the radio is one thing, but I think the poster and the trailer reflect the film. And that's, you know, do you want to see that or not? I think you hear if it's good, right? The reviews are good. But frankly, I think word of mouth is even more important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had a lot of fun going around to different places because, frankly, so many people are coming up to me telling me about their parents' divorce, which is like the greatest compliment. You know, I think you can yeah. sort of receive that somebody's willing to come up to a stranger and say, you know, thanks for this film. And, yeah. Um, so really, you're trying to make contact with somebody out there. You know, I hope they come. I think it's a film that should be seen in the theater. Um, I do think it's very cinematic, and I think it's an experience that is best had in the dark Big screen, loud people around you. Uh, With the collective. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was bold, um, and I, I, I don't want to, like, have a spoiler alert, but to have Thanos appear in the post credit scene <laughs> yeah. was kind of remarkable, and, yeah. and nobody saw that coming. Yeah. No. Yeah. But we, we know at least your family lived. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but, no, it's very, it's very cool. Congratulations for, yeah. for, for the, I'm sure, the, the amount of angst and hand-wringing that had to be involved in your first directorial effort to have this kind of reaction is, is, the, is the, the brass ring of the whole thing. It is one of the hardest things I've ever done and also some of the most fun I've ever had. So cool, Very right? cool. Hey, great to see you again. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, guys. Paul Dano, everyone. Yeah!
We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Make sure that you stay close. M.M. Barbecue 2021. It's an entire day of everything that rocks with M.M.R. And eight of our favorite bands. Jane's Addiction. The Offspring. Cheap Trick. Dirty Honey. Dorothy. Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen. Aaron Jones. And Jackson's Local Shots. Foxtrot and the Get Down. MM Barbecue 2021. Saturday, September 25th. BB&T Pavilion. Tickets on sale now via Ticketmaster.com. Lawn tickets start at just $25. Details at WMMR.com. Do you guys, do you use... Uh, hand dryers, the uh, the air hand dryers in uh, bathrooms. Yes. Right? Yeah, like yeah. the new the, the new Dysons or newer, where you stick your hands down, down in them, or you yeah. stick your hands under. Any uh, of them. Um, Tell me, there's yeah, germs all to. over them. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> you just you just I, mind your business here. <laughs> every I, now, and, yeah, I'm sorry, not too often, but every now and again, you have a um, the choice yes. of using a. a the paper towel or, or the that. hand dryer. Right. And paper I, will go, I will go paper towel. I, I go paper towel as well. It dries quicker. Two reasons it's quicker. And the other reason is some of the, the, the hand dryers now have that, the, you get the super powerful <laughs> ones and it's too loud because I have the um, tinnitus and the, yeah. the, the really loud high pitch noise actually hurts my ears. So I, I'd stay away from those when I can. It's like being in the Boeing factory. But there are some that, that they're kind of fun, the ones that really really put out a lot of air yeah. pressure. You can actually, you can actually play. Hand, you, hands yeah. in like two seconds. You can do that with yeah. it? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, but they, they dry quickly, but they're too noisy for me. Some people argue that the uh, the air hand dryers are better for the environment because it doesn't waste paper. It doesn't, you know, waste trees. Nick, However, I'm not a fan of forests. So well, I'm actually... Uh, well, so but but they use electricity, and so right. I'm wondering, like, if there are greenhouse well, gas effects. Then it's coal. Yeah. But that, that's why I would, I lean towards the hand dryer. If there's, towel, uh, you know, paper towel and a hand dryer, I'll use the hand dryer. Just right. tell me all about the damn germs. All right, here you go. There's a new study. It's <laughs> called Deposition of Bacteria and Bacterial Spores by Bathroom Hot Hand Air Dryer. And you are gonna love this. So it's, it's like heat, and it's just growing. There's just stuff no, growing you, inside. You haven't even heard the worst of it yet. Oh, oh no. <laughs> the study published by the American Society for Microbiology did microbial surveys of bathrooms at the University <laughs> of Connecticut to find out whether hot air hand dryers draw in microbes and then blow them ba- back out. And the findings were pretty gross. Okay, so here it goes. The full cycle is like this. When you flush a toilet that doesn't have a lid... The turbulence of the flush sends fecal particles into the air. Which uh, I know that, which is why I don't breathe when the toilet is flushing. Uh, where they have, where they, it happens. Where they hover in a miasmic cloud. The yes. P- the particles of poop hover in a miasmic <laughs> oh cloud. God. A miasmic poop cloud, Kathy. When the dryers switch on, they pull these particles in through their intake, heat them up, and spray them onto oh. your moist hands. <laughs> And other moist, hospitable surfaces where their bacteria can thrive. So the filters, yeah, you have ass hands. The filters are gathering, are culling from a large supply of microbial uh, poop particles. And then when you go over to dry your hands, it blows that hot, steamy 
poop spray oh back God, up literally. into you. It's horrific. Yeah, it's like being ho- hosing your hands down with diarrhea. Is what okay, it's like. so uh, which I do. Use the paper yeah. towel then. Uh-huh. That the, is that the the, uh, the point of the well, story? Well, in, in a final test, the researchers did a cursory look at some of the other bacteria the dryers were blowing around. They found that with or without a what's called a HEPA filter, a HEPA filter, oh, okay. uh, the blowers stirred up potential pathogens, including Staphylococcus, Staphylococcus uh, aureus. Uh, the findings should, Game be, of Thrones. should be a wake-up call to managers of research and clinical settings. The authors note that uh, Clostridium difficile, a devastating and intractable diarrheal plague, oh my also God. forms spores, and researchers have found that a flushing toilet can easily launch it into the air. Oh so, so I got to imagine that spores and diarrhea only get worse when you heat them up, right? Well, I'm guessing it doesn't help. Maybe yeah. it kind of incubates everything a little bit. Let me go to uh, Ken. Hi, Ken. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, buddy? I just had a quick story about this I thought was hilarious, and we've been talking about it. I was in a ski mountain up in New York last week, and I walked into the bathroom. This guy had his pants down and his backside up to one of those blowers, and I will never use one again. <laughs> That's ridiculous. He was drying his ass off. Now, we're talking about the one that, that shoots the hot air down, correct? He looked yeah. like he was being mounted by the, <laughs> yes. the blower. Well, wait a minute. Was his ass touching it? Well, it, it, from where I stood, it looked like it was. But if not, it was damn close. He was backed up to it, and he was drying his backside. It on comes it. out hot. It comes out very hot, though. You, yeah, you, but if it wasn't oh, touching well, but, it, who cares? <laughs> oh, like, so right, some people are. Your story, <laughs> yeah. That stuff's flying around the bed. All right. Thanks, yeah. Ken. I appreciate <laughs> it. All right. Man. On a similar note, like, I see this happen at the gym a lot. And I've actually, I, it, they kind of lampoon it in a commercial where people will use the hair dryer. There's a community hair dryer at the gym in the uh, locker room to dry off their balls, and they'll dry their balls off yeah. with Whoa. the hair dryer. What's wrong with that? It's a community hair dryer. I, I know, but, what, but what's? I don't know. It's, you know what? It You're just blowing seems, ball particles around the bathroom. No, me. no, no. It's it's air. It's, I know. You know what I mean? It it's, just seems weird to me. Oh my god! You guys have such hangups. Yeah, you just read a story about poop flying around. What, how, how is that a hang-up? Uh, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't see how air drying out your, your groin is going to do... With a community hair dryer. You do it, don't you? I, no, I'm saying if it doesn't actually physically touch your genitals, what's the big deal? That's like saying you could hover your ass over my face and I'd be okay with it. You, no, I'm not we saying need you'd to be try okay that. with it. We need no, to try that. Nothing would happen. <laughs> You wouldn't but, get sick from it. Well, you, you, you would. You, 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 All right, here you go. Here's an article. Right Iceland there. bans men from using hair dryer in swimming pool or gym showers rooms for drying <laughs> groin area. What does that, what does that it say? It means Iceland is leading the world yes, when it comes to <laughs> wiping out this light. any negative impact to it. It just yeah. says they're not allowing people Preston, to do it. Preston, they're survivors. They have both volcanoes and glaciers. It's just, to me, when there's when there are community things that you yeah, should... Don't use re- it for your private parts. You should probably... Yeah. Don't use, use your, your private, private hair parts. dryer for your private parts. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand how the... Uh, okay, but anyway. Here's what I don't understand is those things get goddamn hot. Yeah. Why would you risk... I they don't have temperature settings on them. You can go. But still, yeah. I, uh, it'll listen, flatten out your balls. It's like an iron. Don't, don't you have a towel? Don't you towel off your when you get out of the shower? Don't you towel off your balls? Don't, don't, you, don't you? What, no. what do you need? Sure. An extra hot steam? I don't towel off my balls. Yes, <laughs> really? That's what no, that's what a, ping is for. I wrap a uh, what's that? That's your manservant. Oh, <laughs> come in and rub my balls. No, uh, I just wrap a towel around my waist and uh, go about my day. 
Okay. And just let it air dry naturally. I'm, a, I'm an air dry kind of a man. Now, okay. when you come home, you wash your feet. A la, um, In the summertime when I wear flip-flops, yes, I like washing my feet. Do you let your feet dry up <laughs> Judge naturally? not, lest ye be judged. No, no, I think it's fine. <laughs> you, yeah, and you bring it up every time. You live in a dojo. <laughs> yeah, I live in a dojo with Ping. <laughs> That's what uh, we learned. So, yeah, they said this isn't the first study to find that public bathrooms are filled with uh, disgusting things. University College London said that uh, fecal matter and droplets of urine can be found in washroom air. Uh, these small particles particles can stay in the air and can be transported around the washroom area. <sighs> Most hand dryers draw in contaminated air and direct it straight onto your hands. If a hand dryer with a HEPA filter is used, uh, cleaner air is directed onto hands and expelled into the room. Both of these effects are beneficial to washroom users, especially in hospital environments. So I'm not cr- I'm not crazy, overly concerned with a lot of this, but uh, then you raise a question. Should I be washing out my toothbrush in the toilet? <laughs> That's the question. Because, uh, you know, ultimately, though, you learn things also about just about the bathroom. And in general, we've learned that uh, in many ways, like the toilet and the sink in the bathroom is far cleaner than your kitchen. It can counter. be. Yeah, yeah. yeah, as far as bacteria goes. So. If you're someone who routinely eats poop yeah. in the kitchen. So, yeah, but so... Uh, they're just saying use it using it in general. It's just stirring up what is already in the in bathroom the anyway. But so. I, I, I love the impression that's, that they try to put forward that, that the, the wave of the future. It's antiseptic. It's unbelievable it's, the levels of cleanliness, and it's just it's just creating a poop cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me go to Benny. Hi, Benny. Good morning. Have a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it's spot on. What's up, Benny? What's going on, buddy? Yeah. Listen, how about this? I'm in the gym. You know how LA Fitness is? You know, yes. This, I don't know. I guess like everyone's beautiful or whatever. <laughs> First time I'm in there, I walk into the bathroom, and some old guy standing there with his leg up on a bench, and he's powdering his, you know, smacking it around with, like, a cloud of, like, baby powder. He's talcuming his junk. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, look. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what powder. people do. Yeah, I, people I, powder. I, you know what? It was insane, but like smacking it around. <laughs> smack it around. So he he was he was beating up his own. I, I've you know what? Yeah. That is honestly. I don't care what what the story is. It's one of the more unpleasant aspects of a of a uh, gym locker room. The old guy walking around with his lunch hanging out. Oh yeah, <laughs> no one wants to see that. Yeah, listen. While while it doesn't bother me, thanks, Benny. I appreciate it. It doesn't bother me that someone would use. It wouldn't bother me germ wise. Somebody would use a, a, a dryer to blow dry their their. I genitals. wasn't saying germ wise. I just thought it was weird. And I, I guarantee you, Preston, if you walked into a locker room and saw me uh, hair drying my balls, you would take issue with it. You would. There, you would. Well, yeah. here's, here's the yeah. part that that this I I was taking. The, through the story that we have yeah. here with germs and, and contaminating things. I don't want to see somebody with their leg up naked no. like this, <laughs> drying it off like that. Because you said it's a public, uh, you know, uh, hair dryer. I yeah. thought you meant your issue was with the hair dryer. No. Not no, that no, no. this guy is dangling everything out. Because that I personally don't care I for. think that's, listen, again, do you need to do that? Do you need to put that on display? No, my, a friend of mine. When we would go occasionally and, like, we were touring with comedians and we'd go and maybe use a gym at the hotel together. Yes. That was his thing, man. That dude loved walking around with his junk out. It's like, wrap wrap a towel around yourself. Listen, and I play a lot of charity golf events Mm. at some really, really nice country clubs. And it is beyond me why 
no one at these country clubs puts up a has has a shower curtain for for these. You can afford them. For, for the, you can afford, what do you think we pay the dues for? You're saying these showers, these shower stalls have no shower curtains. Yes. No curtain. It's just you, usually there's a stall, but there's no door on it. And uh, is, know, it, is it is it to foster not, homoeroticism? I won't shower in those. I, Maybe I need I, I need a, I want a little bit of privacy. I agree. And, I've, and then I've people will give you crap for I that. Mean, there are people that pay. I, I don't belong to a country club, but they pay a ridiculous amount of money. I've been in some of the finest ones in our area, yeah. and they don't have freaking. You know what? That's that's why also, Preston. Yeah, people will jump all over you for saying stuff like that. Listen, I like a little divider between urinals. Yeah, I, I like a little a little privacy divider. I come on. I we used to in our old bathroom here before. Yeah. Uh, they not only did we not have dividers in between, but we had the bowl type urinal. Yes, that where you couldn't even hug up close to it and kind of uh-huh. you know pee in private, sort of. You had to be a javelin thrower. You, you It was like a big bowl that hung out, and you'd just like, okay, you know, there's, there's no covering up here, you know? I don't like it. Yeah, but A no, little bit of privacy. You need, you need at least a divider. And it doesn't hurt if those dividers go up about average eye height for most people. Yeah. I was in the bathroom yesterday, and I, the poor dude came in, and I'm, I just get in, I get up to the to the urinal, and that's how great. I'm, I'm by myself, and... And the guy and I, as he walks in, I go, "Son of a bitch!" And I was, I didn't mean to say it out loud, but yeah. you know, the guy comes up right next to me, and it's, uh, you know, like if I go in and someone's, there's sort of two um, urinals in our bathroom. If someone's already in one, I go into the stall. Yes, you do. I like to promote privacy. Do you get um? Uh, so I, I know somebody who is severely pee shy. Cannot pee when other people like it doesn't matter how bad I'm not that he has to pee. Yeah. Chuck can't do it. No, it's not him. No, oh. you got you guys don't know this guy. But right. um, but I, I had just found this out. He he was out on a boat with like three guys, yeah. and he had to pee, and he couldn't pee. Off of the side of the boat. He just couldn't do it. That, it becomes excruciating, especially because you're surrounded by water, which makes you want to pee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't mind the uh, the being next to each other in the stall. Yesterday, Casey and I can, <laughs> were peeing next to each other. <laughs> it was so funny, dude. <laughs> we're just going up. We're not saying anything. And I'm I'm going. And I start I, I start moving myself around. So it, so it starts sloshing around in the, in the water. So it's like bloop, 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 all over the place. And I just hear he the sound. He just started cracking It up. was great. You, it can, was... you can have some fun at the Well, yeah. Home. Also on the tee box. <laughs> oh, we were playing no. golf one time, and I tee off, right? And I turn around, and Preston starts going, oh, God, oh, right? And he's just, he's, you know, he's I see everything. Right. It was so funny. I was, oh, my uh, God. Were your pants down? I, yeah, I was, yeah, I was peeing. <laughs> I wanted to make him laugh. And, uh, uh, and you did, and, and by it the still way, makes me laugh. It was raining, like, big time, <laughs> okay. and nobody was on the golf course. And he was like, oh, God, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorites. You saw that in one of those uh, French comedies. Uh, I did. Yeah. Uh, hang on a second. Let me go to a couple of calls here. Uh, let me go to... I'm going to go to Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Oh! What's up, Kevin? Hey, uh, I used to belong to, uh, let's say, a famous hockey player from Philadelphia. I had a gym in Cherry Hill. Okay. And, All right. Uh, 
everybody used to walk around naked and even jump in the pool. You weren't allowed to wear bathing suits. It was an all-male. Yes, we've heard about this. Wait. It's really, really bizarre. Please explain. Yeah. So you, the, the, the edict was you could not wear a bathing suit. You had to skinny dip every time you went into the pool? Yes. What's that based on? Yeah, what is the no what no bathing suit allowed rule? You would, you would think that would be contrary to what you'd want to have. Well, I think there was well, something I mean, else there. It, their uh, school of thought was that, uh, you know, you're not going to prevent germs from leaving your body when you're in the pool. So, just, you know, why, why wear a bathing suit? Why wear a bathing suit? Because you're not going to prevent germs from leaving your body. Okay. Or I want to look at naked Man dong. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Who wanted... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I have so. no idea. I, I, I don't like before. that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of public pools to begin with because I think it's it's a, it's a it's a poop stew. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god! You see the shots in the summer of the of these huge pools with fifty thousand people in them. I, 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 you'd have to hold a gun on me to make me get in that. <laughs> By the way, like a bathhouse. No. Um. <laughs> yeah, like in John Wick. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like just, a Schwitz? It's people like naked. Yeah, hang, hanging around like I don't even know, even know what those really are. Uh, I mean, you, you know what they are. Well, sometimes it can be considered a, a gay yeah, yeah, place yeah. hang up, sure. but, but they're a legitimate. No, that, like a, that like are a not Turkish necessarily bath. for sexual oh, a Turkish yeah. bath. Or Absolutely, like that. So it's like a men's club. There used to be like, for example, there, there were places that years ago in legendary in New York called Plato's Retreat, which was sort of a, a bathhouse and swingers, uh, um, very decadent uh, place. But it, there are just regular places where people like to go take a steam and you know and do mm-hmm. that deal. But even Hell, if you're in L.A. fitness and there's a dude walking around naked, I I don't like that. Uh, you know, a little bit of privacy. I, I don't consider myself a prude, but right, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I've a little actually, bit of decorum. I've changed my theory on on how I pick my locker when I go to the gym. Before I used to, because where I go, there's like three. Um, I don't even know what alcoves. Let's call them alcoves of of lockers. And I used to always go to the alcove that had either nobody in it or only one person in it. But every single time I got done, there it would be like bustling with people. Yeah. So now what I do is I go to the alcove that has the most people in it because my theory is that when you're done, there's going to be nobody there. When when you know, does that make That's any sense? Very sage alcove advice. Thank you. <laughs> Let me go next to Mike. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. What's up, Mike? So I used to work at a place downtown called Ticket Leap. They're still down there, but I don't work there anymore. And uh, a guy I worked with for a short stint of time, he, instead of using, like, the one stall, which is a private bathroom in our, in our little office, mm-hmm. would go across the street to the Sophie Tell and use the bathroom there because every time he'd go to the bathroom, he'd have to get completely naked. I've heard of people that have to get completely naked when they go to the bathroom. Yeah, we used to work with somebody who had to take his shirt off, uh, to, but that was to, to drop a deuce. Uh, this, Mike, are you his talking sh- about a guy who had to do that to just go pee? I, I think it was mostly the deucing, but I okay. Okay. think he would go across the street to use the bathroom anyway. Could you imagine having to get yeah. fully undressed just to take a piss? Um, no, that would be it's, very inconvenient. It, it certainly would. Although, Once I... your friends know about it, it's very dangerous. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, thanks, Definitely Mike. taking his clothes and made sure when he left the stall he had no clothes to wear. I yeah. have to admit, I do feel more comfortable. Uh, like, if I've just gotten out of the shower or whatever and dry off and then and I'm totally nude and I sit down to use the bathroom, it is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. It's liberating, isn't it? You'll yes. use the bathroom after, after shower? I was just thinking that. Uh, I don't know, maybe. Uh, Probably. All I, I do is get out of the shower. It's not like I do it every time, but why? 
Just out of preference, I like to go before I shower. Okay. I, I, I go only when I have to go. So, like, I'm not going to go, uh, you know what, I better crank one out before I go to the bathroom, <laughs> before I take a shower. Yeah. I might be in the shower and all of a sudden have the urge to go to the bathroom. Which is the worst. Why? If you have to take a dump while you're, while you're taking a shower. Yeah. Oh, Wait, while taking a shower? Yeah. No, I've never done that. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> unless your showers act, in or, or, or go for inordinately long, you'll be out in time. You'll You'll be fine. What I'm saying is when you're in the shower and then the pang hit and you're like, oh, man, I, now I have to get out of the shower right. and sit on the toilet. And then you're have to, and then you all wet on the toilet seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that. that does suck. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I've had a good long streak of not having to pee in the shower for quite a long time. Uh, uh, you know, and uh, the running water to me would always incite. Oh, I pee in the shower every yeah. time. And I just, mm-hmm. I just haven't. I'm that good at urinating now. Wow. Finally, yeah, Steve. I've reached my goal. I set a bar for myself, and I've achieved it. You've gotten it, gotten it all down. All you have to do is have your prostate take it out, and you'll pee like a horse. <laughs> uh, let me go next to Kevin. Hey, Kevin, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. What's up, Kevin? Uh, I, was in, I was in the Marine Corps years ago, and in the barracks there, when you walked in, you had journals against one wall and the toilets against the other one. Yeah. And there was no stalls. You know, that it, is my full, uh, well, Full Metal Jacket. There's that scene where you, and, and I'm sure you know you would you would recognize the layout of that bathroom. It's oh, like yeah, absolutely thirty absolutely. toilets in a row, no space, no space between them, mm-hmm. nothing. And is yeah, is that done? Do you happen to know, Kevin, if that's done to just sort of tear down your, you, you know, your 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 defensiveness or your in, your individualism? To, yeah, your individualism. Yeah, maybe. I mean, these were old barracks. These were the, uh, you know, original uh, barracks down at Camp Lejeune. Yeah. And, yeah, so other barracks I was in, you know, they had stalls. But this, this particular, these particular buildings, none of them. I mean, you had eight toilets lined up. And in the morning, you had 150 guys. Ugh. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it was, you'd have, Dude, you know, you'd it's... walk in and there'd be six guys lined up sitting on toilets and other Seven of them standing in front of urinals doing their business. And it was... I mean, that makes if not if that, that'll make you a man, right? Well, I'll tell you what, that'll get you in fighting shape. It's literally a re- reoccurring nightmare for me. Uh, is oh, is having was. to poop in front of people? Like it's, it was a riot. Oh well, what God. about what about like for example, to, to Kevin's point, that's that's obviously in, in the military and the Marines. But what about if you ever get in a in a holding tank? It, 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 they you've oh, seen yeah. them. They mm-hmm. they hold they, they have the, a toilet right there that's out in the open. They, it can't be hidden. And it's then not, you're around criminals. You're around criminals. Yeah, many of in there for violating yes. people who were taking poops. Yeah. Oh man. How do we get on this topic? <laughs> um, hand dryers. Oh, because the hand dryers. We were talking about Russian literature. No, no, hand dryers. Uh, apparently, according to this study. Oh, are that's right. The poop cloud circulating the poop cloud, which, uh, by the way, is called a miasmic cloud. Uh, Never hear and, that on the weather report, do you? And when you put the dryers, when you turn the dryers on, it just basically circulates all of that, uh, the, the particulate matter in the air. I was watching Twister last night. And, they, you know, they have that, that uh, level five on the Fujita scale, the, the, the worst Twister possible. Yeah, the finger of God. I'd take that over. Yeah, exactly. You take it over what? A miasmic cloud of poop. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's what you get every time you go into a bathroom. Because if there are no lids on the toilet, it's kicking it up. Why are there no lids on those toilets? Uh, cause I don't know. Nobody would use them. I mean, you put, you put the whole friggin' toilet in. You figure the easiest part of the toilet to attach is the lid. Do you guys put your full lid down at home? Yes. Uh, no, I mean, no, I do. You, you do. So every, every single, single toilet. I do. So you have to, you know, lift both lids. Uh, only no, be, because have I'll, lids, I'll have a synchronized cat swimming team in my toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, never. 
Never. Uh, absolutely never. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it's a personal preference thing. Yeah. All right, anyhow. Or a dirty, not dirty thing. And Kate, what's that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> or or a paranoid and non-paranoid thing. <laughs> Depends on how you want to look yeah. at it. Uh, so anyhow, this is called the Deposition of Bacteria and Bacterial Spores by Bathroom Hot Air Hand Dryers. It's fresh out now, so some good reading. Pick it, it up today. That's your next horror movie, man. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. I'll tell you what, after that last Bizarre File here on the Best of Preston and Steve, this one may not seem so bizarre. A grandmother shot a man who was pleasuring himself on a bicycle after he tried to break her home. (laughs) Pleasuring himself on a bicycle? I can't see how that's... That'd be a little painful, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The woman was putting out the trash at her Houston home around 5 p.m. on Tuesday when the man began following her on his bicycle while touching himself. She went inside the house, but the man climbed off the bike, and then he tried to get in the front door. So she warned him to leave and told him that she had a gun. When the man refused to leave, she fired one shot through the door, striking the man in the chest. He managed to get back on his oh, bicycle. Yeah. No. You're going to be my regular Saturday night thing, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, he managed to get back on his bicycle, but only pedaled a few meters before collapsing. Uh, ah. me- medics rushed him to the hospital in critical condition, but he is expected to survive. And she called sassy. The woman's 14-year-old granddaughter was inside the home at the time of the shooting, but did not witness the incident. The woman was questioned by homicide detectives, but has not been charged. Investigations are underway to see if any of the parties will face charges. Police said the man was out on bond after he was caught wandering around the same area while naked a week before. That's good they let him out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A woman in Canton had quite the scare on Monday morning when a bear broke into her home. The woman said the 400-pound bear... Broke through a screen door, pushed in her front door, and entered her wow. home while she was lying in bed around 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. Oh, She's going to be my regular Saturday night, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, she said uh, she played dead on her bed as the bear moved her dresser in her bedroom. Do you think you could have the wherewithal to, to, no. to do that? No, I would freak the F out. A bear has come into your bedroom and mm-hmm. is moving mm-hmm. stuff around, and she laid there still. Once the bear left her bedroom... You know and, what the bear did, though, is pretty smart. Uh-uh. E-A-G. And she jumped in. Uh, <laughs> I knew it! Once the bear left her bedroom and went into her kitchen, the woman called police. She said, I was awake, but I heard something, and I looked up, and he was there. She was telling 911. When officers a bear in the kitchen. Uh, when officers arrived, the bear was still in the kitchen, but it left the house shortly I'm after. the extension. Uh, officers shot one round at the bear who kept walking away into the woods. That's just insane. You know, a lot of times up, uh, up in the, the northern areas when they, uh, the polar bear will start their migration, they will break into houses and you'll yeah. hear stories like this. Yeah, uh, police then uh, tracked the untagged bear into the woods but could not find it. Officials said they planned to set a trap near the woman's house. Now, this is, in this area... In Canton, I don't know if this is Canton, Ohio. It just seems another weird, state. Right? It seems weird because this is the fourth bear to enter a home in the last week. Really? Wow! In this town of Canton, 
Uh, so yeah, if we could we'll, we'll try to find out which canton we're talking about. Yeah, people in Canada are used to seeing black bears on their property. It's in Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, but the bears' bold behavior of breaking into homes is concerning to them. So uh, three in a week alone, or four in a week alone. That's crazy. A federal judge has ordered the continued detention of an Oregon man who was recorded last month taunting a bison in Yellowstone National Park. I saw footage of this. It's a lunatic. The guy's standing in front of the, the buffalo going, come on, come on. You know, like he's yeah, yeah. taunting somebody to fight him. Uh, judge Mark Carmen ruled that Raymond Renke... Uh, would be locked up until August 23rd at bench trial at the Yellowstone Justice Center in Wyoming. Renke has entered a not uh, guilty plea. In denying him bond, Carmen ruled that there were no conditions of release that would reasonably assure the safety of any other person in the community or guarantee that the Oregon man would show for future court hearings. He ends up in a Yellowstone court. There's going to be animals on that jury. Yeah. Carmen noted that the defendant faced incarceration if convicted. Additionally, listen to this. Carmen said that Renke has a prior criminal record, a history of alcohol or substance abuse, and a lack of stable residence or employment. During a trip last month to several national parks, Renke was first busted on July 28th for being drunk and disorderly inside Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. He was incited on July 31st for failure to wear a seatbelt while in the passenger seat of a vehicle. The court filing states the park rangers noted that he appeared to be intoxicated and was argumentative. And on the evening of July 31st, Yellowstone National Park visitors reported that Renke was harassing and hurting bison. He was subsequently cited for harassing wildlife and possessing an open container of alcohol. When video of him taunting a bison was posted online, federal prosecutors petitioned to revoke Ranky's bond on the drunken disorderly charge. So this guy goes around to national parks, gets what? hammered, and, uh, and causes all these problems. So what an idiot. Various sex toys, including a vibrator, were mistaken for a bomb, causing a partial closure at Berlin's Shenfield Airport. A bomb? Uh, no, a bomb. Uh, employees at the airport were conducting routine x-rays of luggage when they spotted suspicious content in a luggage piece, according to the federal police in Berlin. Uh, because it was unclear from the uh, initial scam what the bag contained, an alert was issued shortly before 11 a.m., resulting in the closure of the airport's D-terminal. Lou, look at this bomb. It's shaped like a large black penis. While police <laughs> investigated the suspicious items, the owner of the bag was called over the airport speaker system and eventually talked to police about his luggage. However... <laughs> He was reluctant to properly explain the contents of the bag, possibly because of embarrassment, saying instead that his luggage contained, quote, technical stuff. Technical stuff. Yes. After an hour-long... There's a technical store over near the airport, Preston. After an uh, <laughs> an hour-long investigation involving a bomb squad, authorities eventually determined that the items were sex toys. Uh, the airport's D-terminal was, was reopened at noon. Uh, the incident came on the same day that Frankfurt Airport, Germany's busiest airport, was evacuated after a family that tested positive for explosives was mistakenly allowed to leave the security area. Both incidents... Uh, came during one of the busiest months for travel in Europe as many people are on vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll do one more quick story and wrap it up. Uh, meet Florida man James Dylan Jordan. That is his name. He's, uh, uh, by the way, a married couple was enjoying a Sunday evening out at a Japanese steakhouse when a tipsy Jordan began to undress and dance erotically in front of the female half of the duo. Uh. Florida man. <laughs> Florida man. Uh, distressed by Jordan's impromptu striptease, Jamie Carpenter, who was accompanied by her husband Christopher, advised Jordan to leave the Kobe Japanese Steakhouse in Clearwater. In response, Jordan became belligerent and began calling her fat 
and threatened to fight her spouse. What a fun dinner. Uh, Jordan was subsequently arrested for disorderly conduct in an establishment. He was freed from the local jail after uh, posting $150 bond. His rap sheet includes multiple convictions of possession, sale, and trafficking of narcotics, cocaine, and oxycodone. Has he ever uh, tried to fist fight a bison? Not that I know of, and uh, but they didn't uh, describe his erotic dance, fortunately. <laughs> uh, and that is what I have for you uh, this morning in the Bizarre File. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back in just a moment. Stay with us, my friend. we got a lot to get to this morning. We want you to be a part of it, don't you know? Live Hotel Philadelphia presents M M Barbecue Saturday, September 25th at BB&T Pavilion. And now through August 31st only, you can pre-order your MMRBQ concert shirt at the WMMR.com Rock Shop. Guaranteed delivery before the show. Featuring Jane's Addiction, The Offspring, and Cheap Trick. Plus, every ticket gets general admission for the first five bands. Dirty Honey. Dorothy. Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen, Aaron Jones, and Foxtrot and the Get Down. MMRBQ 2021. From 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Presented by Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. In the heart of South Philly. Game on. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR. With Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Time to take out the trash for a Monday morning on MMR. What's going on, Steve? Well, Nabisco announcing that the circus animals depicted on the Animal Crackers box will no longer be in cages. Nabisco says it wants the box to be more accurately depicting of today's circus culture and will also include pictures of ex-con clowns addicted to meth. Hey! Mark David Chapman, the man who shot and killed John Lennon, is scheduled to have his 10th parole board hearing in New York this week. Chapman knows it's going to be an uphill battle for him, but says his secret weapon will be, quote, freshly baked apple cobbler. Oh, oh my God. He's going to try to work him a little bit. And finally, Women's Day Australia suggesting that Paris Hilton's wedding might very well have been canceled. The magazine says that because Australia is on the other side of the world, people have yet to completely not give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trip. You know, our next guest from shows like The League and The Mindy Project and movies like Suicide Squad and so on and so forth. But now his directorial debut is coming out on the 12th. And he's here in our studio to talk about that and other things, ladies and gentlemen. Ike Barinholtz. Yeah. yeah, my old friends. How are you guys? It's been a minute. Do yeah. Right. I talked to you last time on the phone. Yes, I was here a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. we're mm-hmm. glad to have you back, and especially for this project, which is the Oath. Yes, sir. And I saw it. You saw it. And I, I have to say, I so I go in with, and I love this. I love when this happens. I go in with one set of ideas about what I'm going to see. Yep. I don't see that movie. No. I'm thinking, oh. Here's the heir apparent to planes, trains, and automobiles. It's the girl from Girls Trip and the guy from Blockers. It's going to be hilarious throughout. No, but what it turns out to be is something that reminded me of high-concept 70s movies where you get uncomfortable. Yes. And you start thinking. Yep. And so what it is, it is is Thanksgiving and Black Friday Mm -hmm. set against, uh, there's some political, um, uh, uh, listen, it's just like now. There's uh, there's polarized camps and people at each other's throats and all this is going on. And uh, 24-hour news cycles out the yin-yang. 
and the family's getting together for Thanksgiving. Yeah. There is a, there is an oath that just is suggested that you you know sign, um, and it's uh, I don't want to give too much away, yeah. but it, the, the main conceit is family with very differing political opinions getting together for the holidays and screaming at each other and screaming at each other. <laughs> yes. And so as I'm watching it, I, I'm like. Wow, I I check the news a lot too. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. I, and I'm like, and I'm a I'm a political person. Yeah. I think we, we we probably agree on a lot and differ on some things politically. Sure. And as and as I'm watching it, uh, I, you know, and I'm I'm thinking I'm watching some of the characters and going, wow, it's going to be this kind of thing. And then you start bringing it in on your character as well, and yeah. everyone's getting it. Yeah. And then you start you start getting uncomfortable. Oh yeah. And you're thinking, okay, I'm laughing at this, and I have to say. You sort of bared it all yes. in your approach, and I wonder how difficult was it for you to do that? You know, I Because you wrote it and directed it. I wrote and directed it, and I think the worst version is because personally in my life, I'm pretty liberal. You know, yeah, there's yeah. some things I'm, I'm a little more conservative on. I bet you you and I agree on a tremendous amount, you, we, and, and, and that is the point. That's the point, yeah. And I, though I come from the other side, and that is the point of it. And, yeah. And that's what I think is a message that needs to get out. If I made this movie, because I'm liberal in real yeah. life, right? And if I made this movie, my character, who is the most liberal, was like this great guy who's totally right, and he's got a six-pack. That movie sucks, right? <laughs> right. So I really wanted to kind of shine a light on how absurd it is right now and how people are so dug in on their opinions and how we, we kind of let that get in the way of, like, our family relationships, which is probably bad. Like, but, you got to talk to your family. But you do it through great mechanisms in the movie. And it, and Thanks, it and so brought back, like, um, it, had a, it sort of made me feel like the... I remember a movie called Joe... Yeah, with uh, Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle yeah, and a mash. And, and a little bit of the purge. Yeah, I think I like to think of it as a prequel to the prequel to the purge. Right. <laughs> Before they said, let's give them a day where they can murder each other. <laughs> let's try this loyalty oath thing and sure. see how that works with the sure. wonder balloon. And uh, also uh, they're, they're, because it's in a house, yeah. the, the, the the end of straw dogs. Yeah, where, where, straw dogs. Where yeah. a man wow. is a man is is sort of I've got a Defend my family. Defend my family. Yeah, yeah, and it gives you that kind of claustrophobic feeling of like, oh my god, this house is killing me. I'm dying in here. Get me out of this house. But yeah, it's. Uh, I love all those movies. Joe, I haven't thought of Joe. Wow, that's amazing. But you know, it, and and so that's. Um, it's rare that movies do that. Yeah. And and I and so to have it happen this way because I'm, I'm I'm we're all massive fans of yours. And to have this come out this way has got to be fulfilling. It's ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's not bad. Which is yeah. not too shabby. I've never gotten an A in my life. <laughs> no, I was like a C minus student, man. This is yeah. huge for my family. <laughs> but you also have, and it was an eye opener. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Plays your wife. She's a young ingenue. I've plucked her from obscurity. <laughs> She's my gift to you. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I, like I was like, okay, Tiffany Haddish, Tiffany Haddish, I, and, and I was enjoying her. But but now I get. The Tiffany Haddish thing because this is this is contrary to what you see her. Yeah, you normally see her on like Ellen, like yeah. dancing and stuff, you right. know. And now you see her in this movie where she's kind of like internally struggling, and she like is so. This is based off my wife, where I was talking about the news so much that yeah. my wife needed like ocular implants because she was rolling them. So Same much. thing with my wife. <laughs> Same thing over, with my she's wife. Over it. Yes. And, and it was like six thirty a.m. one morning, and she was breastfeeding her daughter, and who's twelve, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's not great. It's not a great. That situation. is that's a long run. It's not great, but yeah. she's healthy. Yeah. So it okay. was like six thirty a.m. and she's breastfeeding, and I'm reading like an article about something's going on in the news and I turned to my wife and I was like 
America's lost. <laughs> she's like, dude, it's 6.30 a.m. I have a kid on my boob. What are you doing? Too much, too heavy. Right. So Tiffany's kind of playing that. I think to see Tiffany Haddish and that, that energy where she's kind of like internalizing everything is kind of fun. And then you get her when she explodes and you get that fun Tiffany Haddish we know I, I love. She has a great line to hear. You're going off. Finally, it, it explodes during the meal. And I want to give what she says. You're you're acting like the white Nelson Mandela, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it, but it's, it's it's true. Like you, you know, you 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 end up doing this. I think. Well, I would say to to people who are fearing um, their these this meal this year, yes. you may want to go see this because it, it it does sort of re put into perspective what is what. It's basically a reaffirmation of your family yes. and not missing moments and yes. and, and not not b- burning your life off wound up about this crap. No, all this stuff, man, You these giant external forces, we don't have that much control over. We can vote, yeah. right? We can vote. Everyone's got to vote. Right. But you can't let that get in the way of things that you love. Not just your family, but also like sports and like working out and like eating a good meal and watching a TV show or a <laughs> Hanging movie. with friends. Hanging with your friends. Yeah. Like, like, like you have to kind of try our best to kind of, you know, get to that place where we're still keeping in contact it's, with people. It's a good message. Oh, well, brother, thank you. And that speaks to the the power of social media and the, the positives because I go back and forth especially on Twitter a lot yeah. uh, it, it can be such a negative and you can fall down that hole really yes. easily and feel terrible about the world yeah. um, but I, I said this to you before we went on air I love your love for Mindy Kaling and yep. her love in return for you on Twitter and that type of thing happens all the time on social media too so if you can focus on the positive yeah. it does exist yeah don't go down that wormhole it's I hard love, not to I love trolling her on social media <laughs> it's it crazy. is so she'll, it's like, hilarious. she'll post an Instagram of her like the Met Ball you know in like some like 25 million dollar dress right yeah and I'll write back like how could you not take me I'm in the car outside your apartment this is you're, you're a terrible friend <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's it's great and, and you know but it's it's it, to that point like I, I posted something on Twitter a, a while talking about the, the wonder of the mute button yeah I I love you. I don't want to I hear this. I can't hear you right now. I can't hear you right now. So, but that's okay. And you didn't even know. To, you didn't even know that I, I can't hear we you. We need right one now. of those in real life. Hey, we do. We yeah, do need a mute button in real life. So, yeah. so are you? Are you, you? So, as you go around and to promote the movie and everything, and, and this is the ultimate for a filmmaker and a, and a writer and taking getting behind the camera. Yeah. What's it like to have your first effort like this out of the gate get this kind of response? It's been amazing. I mean, like, like the, you know, the last year, it's basically been like 50 people have watched it. Yeah. And now that I'm showing it to America, we went all throughout Texas on all the, down through the South and San Francisco and D.C. We had a great screening last night. Chris Long of the uh, Super Bowl champion Philadelphia oh, nice. Eagles Very cool. was there. I, yeah. <laughs> so are you, like, friends with him now? Like, is he in your cell phone? Is or? he my best friend? No. <laughs> okay. Is he my top three? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, he that is. And quickly. Him, Kyle, and Howie are my top three. <laughs> so, you know. But it's been great. And, and the best part, ha- you know, is people with the relatability coming up. And, and not just people who are kind of on my side of the aisle. I had a lady in Texas come up, and she was like, I was laughing a lot. I like that you made fun of liberals. She worked for the governor of Texas. Who's yeah. Like the most red guy in the world. So to kind of have people come up and be like... I got like a catharsis out of it. Like I'm laughing at a family exploding, and it's not my family. That's the best part. Yeah, and so and and those those are the kind of things. Again, uh, to have an experience where you're stick with it. If you go in and you're like ten minutes, oh, this is BS. Hang in there. Oh yeah, you, you, everyone gets theirs. It gets crazy, and it gets too. to the right message, yeah. which is that at the end, 
all the well, I don't want to give away the end. Let's just say you will be satisfied. Yes, you know, you will and, be satisfied. and that and it's 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 a good message in a in a very bizarre and protracted way. And you'll laugh and you'll get scared. You get like I think when you it's a lot to ask people to go to a movie theater in 2018. Yeah, but the two kinds of movies I think are best in theaters are comedies and like thrillers because you kind of feed off the laughs and the tension. I think we kind of do a little bit of both. So it's like Get Out was the last yes. movie that caught you. I think sucker punched you, oh. and you're like, oh, put, put put a genre on its ear. Yeah, and and uh, and it's it's great when stuff like that happens. And and now we live in a time with such a wealth of material that's out there and so many distractions to have something cut through the the noise. Yeah. And you need you need it's almost inciting people to be in a, more creative than ever. I think so. And look, I still love going to see like, you know, big, you know, super like Deadpool 2 and stuff. That's oh, great. We love awesome. that stuff. But we also need to start telling stories, I think, that are kind of reflective as to what's going on because it is so absurd what's happening right yeah, now. Yeah. Living in the craziest time in America, at least in my lifetime, why not tell some stories about it? Well, movies take quite a while to write and yeah. obviously to put together and, and, and put get them onto the screen. Uh, how long ago did you have this inspiration? I mean, this is, you know, this had to have been bubbling for a little while. Yeah, it happened right after the Thanksgiving, after the 2016 election. No kidding. After dinner, after yeah. Thanksgiving dinner, my mom and my brother and I, listen, we were hammered. I'm not going <laughs> to lie, not gonna lie to you guys. <laughs> we were hammered and we started fighting and yelling at each other. And it's, like, it's your fault. And the next morning, I was, like, I was like, oh my God, we're all on the same side. Yeah. Like, we were fighting. What yeah. the hell's going on at other tables? And then yeah. as I started talking to friends of mine who were going home around the country and talking to some of my relatives in Ohio, I just knew that the American holiday table, the landscape of that, was changed forever. And there was a lot of pain there. There's a lot of funny stuff there, too, man. Like, there it's just, is. People are actually sure. crazy, so I really just kind of wanted to take that whole kind of arena and blow it up. Well, the old edict used to be, and it was one that held pretty steadfastly. Don't talk politics at the table. That's it. You can't do that now because it's permeated. Like, you can, you used to be able to be like, we're not talking politics. Let's just talk about football. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. God damn it. Not happening yeah. anymore. And you're sitting there, and you're getting, you're getting your alerts on your freaking yes. phone. Yes. And your yes. wife is like, oh, no. Man. See, see, years ago, I used to be able to, at the dinner table, just throw gas onto the fire and then walk out of the room and just let it burn, right? right. You can't even do no. that anymore. No, you can't. Like, if you're able to get through the holidays and it doesn't come up at all, you're yeah. a very disciplined family. So you- and I don't know from that. Are you doing Thanksgiving in the Chicago area? No, we actually do it out in L.A. only because my brother lives out there. So my folks come out. We have some folks from Chicago. We have a lot of sausage. A lot of sausage. <laughs> dinner and, and alcohol. And, yes. uh, but then we come out there and we do a big uh, Thanksgiving out there. So are you able, do you think, around the table to, to keep it... Uh... We'll see. <laughs> it depends on how, how many drinks they have. We also have legal weed in L.A., which there calms you, you down. It's really good. Are your yeah. parents doing that? I mean, that's got to be weird if they are. Uh, uh, listen, Dad is an attorney, so I, I, I you know, this. No, we're, yeah. we're off the air, right? We're yeah, on, yeah, we're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, he loves it. He loves it. <laughs> He's the best. He, I took him to a, uh, my brother took him to a, a weed store. <laughs> like, really? He grew up in the 60s in Chicago, yeah. and he walks in, there's bud tenders now who are like, hello, are you looking for an indica or something? My dad almost started crying tears of joy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the delivery. Oh, wow. Man. So um, you have a great cast. You have Tiffany Haddish, John yes. Cho, Carrie Brownstein yeah. from uh, Portlandia. Oh, She's freaking awesome. She's my sister. She's playing against, I think, type. Yeah. You know, playing so many characters. Yeah. Um, and uh, Nora Dunn. 
<laughs> Nora Dunn. Yeah. She's my mom. So how did you, so was this everyone like uh, calling in favors or? You know what? Honestly, like a couple of the people I knew, I mean, Tiffany Haddish, I said to her, I go, I, I, I just saw you in this movie Keanu and you're amazing and yeah. it's so great to meet you. She's like, we were in Meet the Spartans together in 2006. <laughs> you don't even remember that. I was like, oh. oh, oh seriously? Oh, yeah, but we went and we didn't work together. But, uh, but I, you know, uh, 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 like John Cho and Tiffany and Carrie, I think they kind of read the script and they were like, I haven't seen this movie yet. Okay? Yeah. And it's, it's you know, it's it's something that's happening right now. And they just kind of jumped on board because it was, they were not doing it for the money. That's for sure. Right. And, uh, but yeah, they just kind of jumped on. And I kept expecting like Tiffany to like, be like, yo, uh, I'm a Sith Lord of the new Star Wars. I just got, I can't do this now. <laughs> right. but she, she showed up in a big way. Man. Wow. Yeah. All right. So obviously you want as many people as you can to go see this film. Do you think though it's, uh, it would be good to take your, your adversary, your your political adversary, with you to go see this one hundred percent. Okay, because, because we we really are like the, the only good satire is if you can make fun of yourself, yeah. right? So if you bring an adversary, and I've I've been seeing this kind of firsthand. I saw a married couple in Dallas who they're completely opposite sides of the aisle, and they're laughing about it. And the message is like he was saying, the message is like commonality and trying to find those things we have in common and keep those relationships intact. So yeah. absolutely, because because it it does it, eventually it is a reaffirmation. Of, of your family. Yeah. And you have a, a, a great little moment with your dad. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's, and you are opposites uh, politically. By the way, his, his attempting to use the TV remote is hilarious. That is based off my dad, who, yeah. who is, is 67 years old and has never once used the TV remote properly, <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. But I think, you know, like it is. Look, like, America's bigger than a president. And it it's is. bigger than a government. And if we cut all these tethers to our family, when the tides change, you're, you're going to be lonely. Okay, yes. so I haven't seen it, but I'm going off of what Steve has told me about it. And Steve, would you characterize it? Does it have that... Um, like maybe a violent Capra uh, type of, of yeah, Ooh, violent, violent Capra, Capra would be very good. Yeah, it's a good yeah. band name. Hang on, <laughs> if violent Capra, we are violent Capra. <laughs> the movie uh, we called it's not as wonderful as we thought, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still wonderful. Mr. Smith goes to Washington and kicks the <laughs> shit out of everybody. <laughs> we got it. Yeah, you got that. My bad. I dropped, yeah. uh, you know what? I'm always surprised at like is um, the guys at South Park their ability to do this, and they've been doing for 21 years. And they, they, they can take comedy and social commentary and, and play it on both sides and make fun of themselves and yeah. make fun of everybody. And when you make fun of everyone, you're kind of making fun of nobody. But, yeah. but not exactly. I mean, you're still getting comedy and you're still getting satire in. Um, but if you offend everybody, you're not offending anyone. Yeah. First of all, I can't believe that I first saw Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh 21 years ago. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Insane. That I is know. crazy. Yeah. yeah, but that's so true. And I think that's something like, you know, Chicagoans, my friends from Philly, too. We like to make fun of people, but we really like when people make fun of us. Yeah. You know that's- what I mean? It's that self-abuse a little it's bit. And if you can't laugh at yourself and you take yourself way too seriously, which I think a lot of people do right now, uh, I, I just think it's not fun. It's not really representative of who we are as Americans. It's And you have been responsible for so many laughs. And, and from, you know, obviously um, uh, uh, Central Intelligence, yeah. and, and uh, which... Okay, so you, you, your 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 bankability as a scriptwriter and 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 that is us on display, and you, you know Hollywood looks at you at that. Now that they see success as a director and writer, does is it classic floodgates opening? Or are you still waiting for, uh, or are you anticipating a, an onslaught of offers and projects? If I don't get uh, an offer to direct the next Star Wars <laughs> tonight, tonight at seven p.m., the whole project was a wash, and I'm a failure. 
So, um, George Lucas, if you hear this, give me a call. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I do. I, I do hope to. You know, yeah. uh, you know. The great thing is, is, is we made this movie independently. Yeah, uh, it's the same producers who made Get Out and okay. made Black Klansman and whatnot. So they okay. really gave me a lot of control and telling my story without a filter. And I think if I can keep doing that. That is really where it's at. If you can kind of just tell these weird new stories. It's, just just okay. to uh, reset real quick, Ike Barinholtz is here if you're just tuning in. The the movie Oath, The Oath. But you also have a, um, a TV series, uh, Bless the Hearts. Oh, yes. Is yeah. that happening? It's a, yeah, it's an animated show at Fox with me and uh, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph oh, and Jillian Bell. Yeah, wow. it's Stellar. Really, yeah, good cast, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. really funny show. It's about like a southern family falling apart. <laughs> it's, it's all family here. stuff. It's all family. Well, guess what? I'm a dad now, so all I care about, I'm, I'm like Paul Reiser. <laughs> <laughs> I just do family stuff now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, is Greg Evigan working? You can get him. Greg <laughs> I, I'm not BJ, but I am the bear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Quick question, though, about, about the, because uh, I'm fascinated by the directing aspect of it. Uh, you would think, okay, directing in a house is uh, it's got to be easier, but I think it presents a whole other set of oh, um, yeah. problems because you need to keep it interesting. Yeah, if the viewers get visually bored, you're in trouble. Yeah. So what we kind of did with this is, is you know, the beginning, the first half of the movie, which is really more about the family hanging out. Like the the physical look of the film is different. It's like big wide frames, and right. vibrant colors, and people are entering and moving out and stuff. And then by the end of the movie, we're really tight, and you know, like it takes that dark orange color and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of making sure the actual look of the movie kind of moves along with the tone and the story and stuff. That's cool. Very wow. Well, job well done. Thank Congratulations. You, man. Thank uh, you, guys. Like you were saying, great movie, Steve. You loved it. I really... I, this is a movie that if you if you are looking to kind of just... If you want to say to people, can we calm down for Thanksgiving, take them to see this. Yes, this is it. Yeah, Dude, it, I mean, it might this, be good. Honestly, I hope this fixes things. It <laughs> probably won't. It won't. But that would be but awesome. It, it will get us through the holiday, and that's all we can do, guys. <laughs> <laughs> One holiday at a time. Right now, right? And it's on to Arbor Day. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, so The Oath is in uh, theaters, or it's released here in Philadelphia on the 19th. Make sure you check it out. It's great to see you, Ike. Guys, thanks so here. much for having me back. Ike Barinholtz, guys. Yeah. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.